Peace. This is the Views from the 7 Podcast. Royalty. Y'all heard it, y'all know where we going Niggas be talking shit, but you know it don't really matter Cause I'm busting heads, coming straight from Nevada Making hit after hit, coming up while you talking shit About this true game I slang, from these pimp lyrics I spit That's right. You be looking at me, Stacy G, with a grudge Raise up off this pimpin', nigga, this is Vegas Valley love mm. Nigga, this the Vago, where I go, they go And you didn't hear me say no motherfucking San Diego Southern Nevada, put that down shit, King. platter Don't you make a move unless you want to groove with my rat attack and since you're hating and you're waiting This one for the city I'm from the desert Where y'all at? And you can see it in my dust All you can see is my dust That's right All you can see is my dust I'm from the desert, nigga All you can see is my dust Come on, come on Niggas wanna see me bent broke without a wrench yeah. Peace, y'all. This yes, is the Mission of Seven Podcast. This your guy Spence. I'm joined my homeboy Ivan. What's good? Skinny is on vacation. <laughs> Las Vegas. We have royalty in the building. Talk that talk. Appreciate you. Appreciate you. Y'all heard our podcast a couple weeks ago, and there was a song played that went absolutely stupid. And that started a Las Vegas hip-hop conversation on this show and to get to the present you always got to start with the root to get the full scope of where we going with things tonight mm. i'm excited man we sitting here we talking to this brother and we didn't already got information we ain't even been privy on mm. we have none other than las vegas very own Stacy G. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. How, How you, you doing, my How you living, brother? my brother? How you doing? Oh, man, I'm here. I'm here, baby. I'm here. You know what I'm saying? Really. So. I'm loving it. It's a Vegas thing. Y'all ain't know Absolutely. So, Las Vegas first, the first hip-hop artist with a major record deal. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. The first Las Vegas born and raised mm. hip-hop artist mm. Mm. with a major deal. But not the first Las Vegas artist with a major deal. Not the first. Hurt and Bad was the first Vegas artist with a major deal. Okay. But he wasn't born in Las Vegas. Mm. That's what makes me the first born and raised artist with a major deal. Hurt and Bad, he did a song called the NBA Rap. If y'all don't know nothing about that, you can Google that shit right now. It's called the NBA Rap, and you'll see what I'm talking about. That shit was blew up. It was blowing up. And... uh he didn't get permission to use the music that he used. He used Cutie Pie by one way. He didn't get that permission, and they sent their folks down there to, to stop that shit from mm. being sold. <laughs> <laughs> but the song was blowing up, and it, and it made a lot of noise, and Curtis Blow wanted to get uh, Hurt and Bad on that song that he did called They're Playing Basketball. 
heard him was supposed to do that song with Kurt, but with, with Curtis Blow, but uh, something happened there, and then heard him didn't didn't want to do it because he felt like he started the whole sports bas- yeah. uh, rap type of thing, and he didn't want to do it with Curtis. So Curtis did it on his own, and it still blew the fuck up. Absolutely, did. You know what I mean? And uh, that one you you know you guys know about, but mm-hmm. you you don't know about Heard Him's. No, and that was no. because of the fact that what happened, the way the shit went down. But Hurdum was the first made. He had to, he had a deal on Profile Records with Run DMC. Mm. He was a, he was the first artist from Vegas had a, had a uh, deal with uh, with Profile on run, with uh, with Run DMC, and they were on tour together. First time I ever saw Run DMC was on tour with Hurdum Bad, and that was right here in Las Vegas at the uh, Hughes Air Terminal. <laughs> yep. Jeez, Not even the concert hall. That was it. Them niggas flew down here, man. They, <laughs> they flew in this motherfucker at the at the at the at the, at the terminal and did the show and left. Wow. Yep. Just like that. Just like that. And they and, and heard him. If you, if you go look on the back of each one of Run DMC's albums before uh I would say probably before uh what was the last album Run them did? The one with uh I believe uh uh Run's uh uh Ron's house, which was one of them joints they did, but they they mentioned Hurt and Bad on everyone. They they special thanks Hurt and Bad on every one of those albums, wow, every dope. last one of them. Wow. So when you say they sent their folks, you mean they sent the lawyers or they sent Suge Knight? They, no, Suge Knight wasn't doing shit. <laughs> Come on, man, Suge Knight. Suge Knight wasn't the man. Uh, you know, Suge Knight. He 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 lucked up on what he was doing. That's mm. that's the yeah that was a, that was a luck up. Suge Knight wasn't the motherfucking man. Didn't nobody give a fuck about Suge Knight around here. Not in Las Vegas. Mm. He wasn't no tough guy here, not not in this town, and he wasn't no tough guy in L.A. I know niggas that knew Shook in L.A. He wasn't a tough. Yeah. Shook wasn't no gangbanger. Shook was not a gang. He hung around niggas that gangbang and sold dope, but he wasn't no gangbanger. Did you know? Did you know him when he was here in the city? Yes, I did. Okay. Yes, I did. Shook knew me. Shook knew exactly. That's why I wasn't on Death Row. <laughs> Shook knew me, nigga. Why you think I know? Dre knew. Dre was supposed to produce my very first album, the one that I had the major deal with. That was the one yeah. Dre was supposed to produce. That. Oh wow! Yeah, but then he he uh, he left uh, Ruthless Records because that was gonna be on my shit was gonna be on Ruthless Records. I opened up a show for NWA in 1988 at the Artemis Ham Hall, and Dre came to my dressing room and said he wanted to produce me. But Dre forgot he already I had already met him. Easy had introduced us in '87 when they were on tour with LL Cool J. It was the Def Jam '87 tour, I believe it was called, and um, Easy introduced me to everybody in NWA. That day, because I was going to the Thomas and Mac to get uh, backstage passes from the guy that ran the Thomas and Mac, his white boy named uh, Pat Christensen. Okay. And my manager knew him because my manager at that time was a concert promoter. Okay. And he says, "Man, Stacy, anytime you want to see a show, just come to me, man. I'll get you backstage passes, whatever you want." So I was going to get backstage passes, but security was giving me a hassle. And Easy saw this, and Easy didn't even know me from Tim Buck too. Okay. You know what I'm saying? And Easy saw security fucking with me. You know what that nigga did? He said, "Oh, he with me." That's exactly what Easy E did. He said he with me, and he took me to the dress room, gave me all state, all all access pass, and introduced me to everybody in WA. Oh man, that's love. <laughs> that was straight love. And the nigga didn't know me from Tim Buck too. You understand what I'm telling you? Oh, so you got real, you got real rap history. <laughs> oh yeah, Easy didn't know me from Tim Buck too when that happened. And then after that, Easy was in Vegas all the time, down there every little week, and he would start coming to my parties because I was performing on the strip back since the uh, mid '80s. Where you, where were you? When I say residency, niggas come out here. T- niggas come out here talking about they want a residency. Nigga, I had a residency out here for years. Right on the strip, what hotel? Every one of them. Okay. That's what I'm trying to tell you, baby boy. I didn't. I didn't. I didn't stop at this hotel. That tour. I was promoting my own shit. Yeah. That's that, that's how Stacy G became Stacy G. 
Okay. I was out there, the entertainment and the promoter. Okay? Okay. I didn't just go out there and be the DJ. And that's what I've been trying to preach to these guys out here, all these new and up-and-coming artists. Yeah. Oh, you want your residency? Go get your residency. That's how I did it. I went out there and I rented the convention rooms. First one I rented was the first hotel on the Strip, which is now the Luxor. It used to be called the Hacienda. Okay. Okay? If you go back and look, that was the first hotel on the Strip. That was the first convention room that I held. I, I rented. It held 2,000 people. We couldn't collect money fast enough. The line was going all the way around the hotel. Them white folks couldn't understand where all these niggas and white folks was coming from. Because I was the first I was the first DJ to have a mixed crowd. I was the first fucking DJ in Las Vegas to get the whites and the blacks to come together and kick it together. So so what what started first? Your 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 rap career or DJ? My rap career. I was a rapper before I ever became a DJ. I started rapping in seventy nine. Mm. Nineteen seventy nine, I was twelve years old, I started rapping. That's a that's a interesting transition. Well, what happened was the rapping was uh, was one of, when I heard that when I heard Fatback Band and uh, 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 King Tim the Third Man, that was the first rap record I ever heard. It wasn't it wasn't Curtis Blow and it wasn't Sugar Hill Gang. It was the Fatback Band with King Tim the Third. That was the first rap record I ever heard, and I've been in love with rap ever since that. Ever since then, then after that, I heard the Sugar Hill Gang, and then I heard Curtis Blow. Actually, I heard Curtis Blow first, then the Sugar Hill Gang, because Curtis Blow came out with the Christmas rap. Yeah, and Sugar Hill came came out with. Uh, Rappers Delight. So that's how that shit went down How for was me. that as like, because that's like the hip-hop song that. Uh, well, because was that was cheesy? the one. Was it No, that was oh, the one. Oh, I'm going to tell you right. It's cheesy to you because you've heard so many different styles of rap. Okay. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So to you, but if you go back to when rap first originated and all that shit, you'll be like, God damn, them niggas cold as a motherfucker. <laughs> I'm going to tell you right now. That's what you'll be like. Yeah. And, and, and it was, to me, those were better times. And I'm going to tell you why those were better times for me. Okay. And, I, and I'm going I'm to I'm always cherish those times because rap was fun. Mm. It was fun. It wasn't about the gang banging, who killed who, and, all, and it was just straight fun. And it was about the party. That's all it was. Everybody was getting together, having a fucking good time. That's all rap was about. When did it turn? When do you feel like it turned? It turned. It turned when the, when the, when the uh, uh, when the white folks started calling it gangster rap. Okay. That's when it turned. Because it wasn't gangster rap. It was never gangster rap. Niggas didn't call that gangster. That was a white folks' term. Mm. We didn't call it. It was reality rappers. What we called it. Yeah. Melly Mel and Duke Booty started that. Because they would start talking about the real shit that was happening yeah. in, in the neighborhoods. Okay. You see what I'm saying? And Duke Booty was a genius. That nigga, whew, good Lord. See, people think Melly Mel actually started that message shit. No. But that was Duke Booty. Okay. The, the, the message, they gave, the, uh, they tried to get them niggas, uh, Grandma Splashing them to do the message, and they wouldn't do it. Duke Booty's went on doing it, and Melly Mel jumped on it with him, and bam. That shit became, it just blew up. It was because Duke Booty wrote that shit. Melly Mel, the part he wrote was that last verse was a child was born with no state of mind. That's what Melly right. Mel wrote. But guess what? He wrote that years, I believe, four years before that song even came out, that verse. Mm. That's how dope that verse was. Yeah. That If you listen to what he was saying in that song, you be like, God damn, this nigga, a child is born with no state of mind, blind to the ways of mankind. You know what I'm saying? God yeah. is smiling, knowing you, and frowning too, because only God knows what you'll go through. The shit the nigga was saying. Yeah, you see what I'm was saying? That, was that the first? Was that the first uh, message rap? Yes, that was the first. That was the first, that was like the, that was the first reality rap. And it's, it was called the message. <laughs> the song was called simply the message. You see what I'm saying? It was the message. That was the first song that ever had a message when it comes to talking real shit. The message. And how did that? 
How did that change? Change the whole game. The landscape. It changed the whole game. Because after then, everybody had to talk about something. Mm. <laughs> you see what I'm so saying? Before that, it was just yeah. strictly we you, just you, having you a party. You just having a party. Yeah, it was okay. just a big once, – but once the message came out, nigga, you had to be talking about something. Yeah. You see what I'm saying? There was there was a message in the music. You wasn't just rapping. You was talking about something. You was letting motherfuckers know. You was waking the motherfuckers up on shit. That's what they don't want in the industry today. That's why these niggas that's rapping today, you don't hear them talking about uh, the shit that's going on in the White House and all how these white folks trying to keep a nigga back. You ain't, you ain't hearing that shit on, on these rap. You just hearing about cars, bitches, and strippers and all that old bullshit. You ain't hearing the real shit. Yeah, cause the message just left the music. They don't want them talking about that. If you talk about that, they ain't gonna put no money behind you. Mm-hmm. See what I'm saying? And that's why I say put the money behind your motherfucking self. Yeah. And that's what that, that's what led me back to what I was saying earlier. I promoted myself on the Las Vegas Strip. I had a residency. I played at the Sing- the Caesar's Palace, okay. the Dunes Hotel, the Hacienda Hotel, the MGM Hotel, the mm-hmm. Ballets Hotel, the Flamingo Hilton Hotel, the Hilton Hotel, the El Rancho Hotel, the Circus Circus Hotel. I done played at all these hotels on the Strip. And every, every I was doing that. <laughs> I was doing that twice a month. And guess where I was there? So I was DJing at. The, the Moulin Rouge. I was the last motherfucker. I was the last entertainer to fill up the Moulin Rouge. That's where every black entertainer had to perform before they would let niggas on the strip. Wow. What year was that? In the 90... What was that last year that I DJed up there? there? I believe it was about 93, 94. Somewhere in, in there. Wow. It was in that area. How, much, how, how, how long after that did they close the Moulin Rouge down? Um, I'd say uh, probably about the early... Late late nineties, early about two thousand, late nineties, two thousand. Okay. Yeah, because they sold the motherfucker to some white boy, and he he tried to have it burnt up and shit like that, and get money and all that and shit. That's why it ain't up today. They for the owners that had a Sarah in them, I knew her too. She was a good lady, and um, but they didn't. Uh, they turned it into a historical monument, which I think they shouldn't have never done, because that means you can't you can't update the building, you can't do shit to the building to make it better. All you can mm. do is fix what break down. Uh, okay. You, okay. That building, you got to understand, the, the Moulin Rouge motherfucker, I used to have that motherfucker packed. I'm talking about it used to be packed going to nine in the morning. You, mm. ain't, you ain't seeing parties doing that today. No. I'm talking about doing it. I wasn't even old enough to be in the building. Man, I was still in high school, and I'm DJing for the adults. Wow. <laughs> Niggas didn't know that, though. Yeah. You know what? <laughs> hey, didn't nobody question it. You know why they didn't question it? Because I was on the radio. <laughs> but I was only 16. I wasn't supposed yeah. to be in no goddamn club DJ at the Rouge, but motherfucker, look. I was at the Rouge DJ and then the next morning, shit, I'd be at, the, I'd be at school. See, see, I, um, I think the one thing that I, I, I truly miss when it comes to our city is that I wasn't alive to see the West Side at its peak and its greatness. Hey, and I tell that to my sons all the time. I say, you guys got sh- y- y'all got it like shit. I yeah. tell them because they my my boys are your age, and I tell them I say, hey man, when I was y'all age and I was out there doing that, man, we could go to the park and we'd be the DJs be in the park and be jamming and we having a fucking good time every Sunday. Now you can't do that. I, de- I I used to DJ late skate every Saturday night. I was DJing the late skate. You know how you see that shit on TV and the land and all that. That was me here in Vegas, late skate. Crystal Palace? Skate. Late Skate, that's what it was called. Wow. Every Saturday night, we opened Palace? the doors at 11 o'clock. What was Crystal it Palace, it was called, but Crystal Palace was called Playland then. Which the one? The one on, on Rancho. Wow. That one right there on Rancho? Because I, I always used to, I was always coming. See, I don't, every time we have a conversation, I, and I always say, like, 
when did Crystal Palace stop playing hip hop music? Because I I'm heard they play hip hop music. I'm gonna tell you when. I was the last one. I was the last DJ in it, and because the game banging fucked that up. Mm. Um, uh, they started shooting and shit, and 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 uh, motherfucker got shot, so they shut it down. Gang banging fucked up a lot of things for us. It, it shut down the strip for us. It wasn't no clubs in these hotels on the strip. I was on the strip. Yeah, <laughs> I was the club on the strip. Heard him bad was the cause. See, I learned from heard him. See, I, when I was telling you about him, I learned a lot from that brother. Even though he wasn't born and raised here, but I did learn a lot from him. He didn't teach me it. I ain't gonna tell you that lie. The nigga didn't teach me a motherfucking thing. I just watched what he was doing, and I was studying mm. him from a distance. So my thing was, well, damn, how does this motherfucker get everybody to follow him wherever he goes? Yeah. Everybody. The whole town followed, heard him bad wherever he went. I was amazed. That amazed me. Anytime I can go, and, and I'm, I don't give a fuck where you went to. If his commercial came on, he would have a commercial that said one thing. One line, one line on it. You know what it would say? It's hurt him bad at Jim Bridger this Friday night. It's hurt him bad at Jim Bridger this Friday night. That's all it would say. And that would go on for about 30 seconds to a minute. Boom. And guess what would happen? You walk outside, everybody be singing, it's hurt him bad at Jim yeah. Bridger this Friday. Everybody yeah. would be saying that. And then guess what would happen at Jim Bridger? That motherfucker would be packed. It would be so packed you couldn't get in. Wow. That's the way I learned from that. What year, around what year is this? I was still in, I was that, when that was jumping off, I was still in junior high on my way to high school. That was like, I'd say um, 79, yeah, I'd say like 79, 80. Oh, so this is oh, way before my time. Okay. Way before your time, yeah. That's what I'm saying, when you guys were probably wasn't even born or babies. Yeah, I wasn't even born, yeah. I wasn't born yeah. to 83. See, 88, I was on the strip performing. See what I'm saying? I was at the Rouge performing. 88, I was going, driving back and forth from my house to Dr. Dre's house. And I would, sometimes I would drive straight to the studio because that's when Dr. J was supposed to produce my first album, the one I was mm. telling you about. In 1988, when you was born, that's when you said you're 88? He's 88. 88? I'm 88, yeah. 88. Well, when you was born, I was, I was driving back and forth to Dr. Dre's house, straight to his house. Him and Yellow was roommates. He stayed in uh, Paramount, Paramount, California. Mm. So, so, so before we get to the start of Stacey G, I, I, got, I do got to ask one question. Heard him bad. Yes, sir. How big was that fumble of him not wanting to be on on basketball? Oh, it was it was it was it wasn't it wasn't it big big. It wasn't it, it wouldn't have hurt him bad. Had it was something else he'd done, and I don't know what it is, so I don't want to speculate on what it was he did. What he, but I heard he had done something, and then I think it pissed running them off, running them because he had did a song about them niggas, oh, and, and you know he talked dissed them. And and I, don't, I think that pissed him off. And then I heard that them them niggas was saying, I heard them niggas was saying, and I don't like I said this is speculation, but I heard that they were saying what nobody in Vegas was going to ever come out of whatever come out of. They was going to make sure nobody came out of Vegas because mm. of that shit that he was saying. But I don't know how true that is. Like I said, so, but I heard that from a couple of different uh, sources. Okay, so so the na- I, being a, a native here, born and raised. I've never heard the name heard him bad. So does he does he represent Las Vegas or just, was yes, he just yes, somebody he, he li- representing Las Vegas? The band that he had was called the Soul Connection Band. Them niggas was cold. That was the first band that I ever. I mean, them them niggas was so cold. I was like, God damn. Okay. And the music that he was rapping off of us, what those guys played. Okay. So after 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 he did the uh, the cutie pie thing and the NBA, he actually got a band, and the Soul Connection was the band. Okay. Okay. Them niggas was dope. He, this is what happened. He did a song called the NFL rap. All right? And then when you said, did he ever get? No, it didn't. 
because this this one right here could have helped him over. The NFL rap, he did that, and guess what they were doing with that one? Every Monday night, it was played right before the football game. Monday night football? Yeah. Just hike the ball, because that's how the song started, just hike the ball. That was on Profile Records. You can you can Google it right now. Every Monday night, that's what they played. Right before, right when the football get ready to start, heard them bad was the mother motherfucker they was playing. Just hiked the ball, and then and he and the band so connection they had a groove that sounded like Roger and Zap. It was just so funky. Them niggas was dope. Oh, so he coming with a big deal. And I'm gonna tell you right, my, I'm gonna tell you right now. I'm not gonna lie. The guitar player Richard T. That was in the Soul Connection band. Yeah. Richard T is my, is my guitar player right now on my shit. Wow. And guess what? He's Bozy T's son, dad. That's that's, Bo, that's, that's Bozy T's dad. Richard T. Oh yes. my, that's crazy. He was in the Soul Connection band. He was in that band. They were producing all that music for Hurt and Bad. That's crazy. That nigga is okay. Now that's they, yeah. that's a connection I can make because <laughs> yes, yes. I was in, I was in high school the same time Bozy was in high okay, school. So you, so you know Bozy. So the, the episode he's talking about where I played your I, so I played the, I played the, I played all okay. you can my dust and then I played a song by an artist named Twix okay and then I played Desert Squad okay so between your record and Desert Squad's record which Bozy was a member of Desert Squad the city was going crazy mm-hmm. and I remember that because I'm gonna tell you I, I remember Bozy when he was six years old before he even got into producing and all that when he was just a kid, he was just having fun on the shit. He yeah. was just playing with his daddy's equipment, with Richard T's equipment. Yeah. Because I would go over to Richard's house, and I didn't know anything about producing because I was just a rapper, yeah. DJ then. I didn't yeah. know nothing about producing music. And I watched I watched Bozy get on the drum machine and play that motherfucker with, with all fingers. And didn't need a metrotone, didn't need shit. He was playing it and didn't miss a beat. I was like, God. Damn, that little motherfucker is dope. Yeah. I, I told Rich, I said, wow. I said, Rich, you got you a bad motherfucker on your hands right there. I told him. And I told Bozy, I said, hey, you a bad boy. I told him. And to this day, he's a hell of a producer. Mm. To Bozy is, wild. To me, Bozy is a hell of a fucking yeah. man. He, but he's always been. Ever since I've seen him at six years old, worked yeah. that drum machine, I knew he was going to be a so, bad boy. So I think in, in my time, right, because uh, – Someone, someone such as hurt him bad, right? Hurt him bad in yourself. In my time, I think the downfall in a lot of people that I that I notice is that when they get around someone that is doing more or doing better at that time, so mm-hmm. to speak, they start to size them up or become super, super competitive instead of learning from them. How are you able to balance it? Well, because I never took it, I never looked at it as competition. For one, because and here's why: because I knew they couldn't do what I did. Mm. Mm. Talk that talk, man. Not even hurt him bad could do what I did. Hurt him bad could rap. He was the only other DJ out there that could rap. All the other DJs couldn't rap. I was the only one that I was. I was not a DJ. I was just a rapper. Remember this? Yeah. But once I started DJing, I became a rapping DJ. Okay, so. Everybody knew me from working the microphone and the turntables. And that was something no other DJ out in Las Vegas was doing. And to this very day, show me a DJ that's doing it. To this very day, show me a Las Vegas DJ that's rapping and working that microphone and on that goddamn turntable. Show me 10 points. Name him. I'll sit here and wait for you. Just name one DJ. I'm trying to think. They can work that mic. I'm trying to think. And work them turntables at the same time. Just name I'm going to sit here and wait. I said, man, one DJ, just one, they ain't not two, just one DJ that can work the turntables and this motherfucking mic, this motherfucking mic, just one. I'm going to give you some time, and while y'all doing that, I'm going to pull me another drink, 
Galaxy Glenn. Nope. Yeah. <laughs> they knew Galaxy Glenn ain't no rapper. <laughs> no, uh, Galaxy Glenn ain't even no DJ. No. Come on, and that's my nigga. Yeah, yeah, Gashi yeah. Glenn is my nigga. As a matter of fact, he just, I just, we just got became friends on, on Instagram, on IG. As a matter of fact, I'm glad you said that when you said it, because you made me remember IG. All you motherfuckers out there that want to, you know, follow me on IG. You can do that right now. Stacy G underscore, well, actually, it's Stacy underscore G Vegas. Stacy underscore G Vegas. Stacy underscore G Vegas. And if you want to follow me on Facebook, it's Stacy G Vegas. Stacy G Vegas. G Vegas is one word, all right? Stacy G Vegas on Facebook. Stacy underscore G on IG. Okay. All right. Okay. But like you, like we were saying, no I'm brother. Beat. Like we were saying, no brother. Galaxy Glenn is not a rapper. Galaxy Glenn is not a DJ. Galaxy Glenn is an MC. Yeah, absolutely. Okay, two different things, and I didn't say he was a rapping MC. He's just an MC. <laughs> All right, and those, those are totally different things. Uh, me, I, I was an MC. Wrong. When I, this is how I controlled the whole game. Okay, I controlled the game. I got out of the game in '93. Hadn't I did that, you wouldn't have never heard of DJ Benzo. You wouldn't have ever heard of all them other DJs you'd heard. You wouldn't have never heard of them because I was still being the game DJ. Mm. But DJ got boring to me, and I, I, I fell out of love with DJ. So, because I fell in love with producing music. Mm. That's how. I t- one thing got DJing got so boring because it became a push button game. When I started DJing, you had to have the skills: two turntables and a mic. Not push this button, push that button. Hey, anybody, she could be a DJ today because all you're doing is pushing buttons. Back in the day, when you had to actually mix them records and scratch them records and then bust that motherfucking mic, but you had to have those skills, and you had to be on time. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. And motherfuckers, when I DJed, they gathered around the DJ booth. I wouldn't let nobody put me in a DJ booth in the club. My DJ booth was mobile all the time, so people can gather around and watch what the show is finna, what's going to happen. Because that's what when I got on the turntables back in the day, and ask anybody this, and I ain't just making this bullshit yeah. up. When I got on the turntables, they gathered around the turntables just to see what I was finna do next. That was it, just to see well, what this figure finna do. Use that night. That man, I hey brother, I will battle anybody in Las Vegas right motherfucking now on two turntables with mm. a mic. Do you still? How, how often? And I ain't DJed since nineteen ninety three. Oh, I was gonna say, how often do you brush <laughs> up your skills? I haven't brushed up my skills. Okay, let me stop lying. Let me stop lying. The last time I did DJ, I, I forgot I did DJ a little bit, and I wasn't really doing nothing special. But that was in two thousand one, two thousand two <laughs> for the radio station, and basically I was just letting them use my name. I wasn't really DJing. Eighty eight. No. V108. I wasn't working at V88 then. I stopped working at 88 in 93. V108? Mm-hmm. V108. Las Vegas is hip-hop and R&B. That came up in 2001. Wow. Yeah. You remember V108? See, so you don't remember V108? Yeah. Uh, Actually, I'm going to tell you, they came up at the same time. Them and Hot 97 came at the same time. Really? Yeah, I got stories about that too, but I ain't going to go real deep on that. Cause it would it would be it would be fucking some things up, so I ain't gonna do that. But I was on both stations at the same time. I was on Hot ninety seven. I was hired at Hot ninety seven before I was hired at V one hundred eight. But some shit jumped off, and I ain't gonna get into that. Yeah, you know what I'm saying? Because some people still working over there. Yeah, I, 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 yeah. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? So yeah. I ain't gonna get into that. Ne- what never... jumped off over there? But I was I was I was fully aware of what happened. But I ain't gonna I ain't gonna mention that. But like I said, you know how people is, man. Mm. It's the game, baby. They, when, when folks don't have the skills you got, what they do? Size you up. They, they, cut, they try to cut you out. Mm. Yeah. Try to cut you out. I can tell you stories about niggas at 88 right now that'll cut, that, that'll cut you out just because they ain't really got that talent. 
And I said 88. And I ain't scared because I'm that nigga. What they going to do to me? Mm. Can't damn one of them whoop me. Talk that talk. <laughs> talk that talk. <laughs> ain't damn one, one of them niggas whoop me. So I wouldn't give a fuck what they thought about a pimp. Ooh, talk that talk. I like no, it, Spicy. That, no, that's real shit, brother. That's real shit. And I'm telling you some real shit. I just lost my mom, bro. Today. I just lost my mom today. And I don't give a fuck what them niggas think about me. Not in no 88.1. You understand me? Because what they going to do for me? Stop playing my record. Fuck them. Who listening to 88 one right, right now? You? You? <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. Thank you, man. Thank you. Hey, I think my mama was the only one listening to 88. She passed today. I had to pull a plug on my mom today, bro. And, 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 and them niggas over there full of shit. They full of shit. They talking about the community state. What the fuck are they doing for the community? Mm. Tell me that part. Other than sitting over there pretending. Niggas ain't making a dollar. Ain't no hustler over there. Where the hustlers at in there? Because they ain't making no money. They depending on the government to keep giving them money. Them niggas ain't making money. I'm saying this. I'm saying this shit. Not for real. Mm. I hope y'all getting when, all when this did, good shit. Oh, when absolutely. Did, when did... When did and listen to me. I love 88. I love 88. You know why I love 88? Because I helped structure 88. For the hip hop and the game, I help structure that shit. Them niggas over there calling themselves the head of running shit, general manager, and all, them niggas don't know shit about shit. I said it. Smooth C ain't no motherfucking general manager. That nigga's a wannabe. Mm. When he wanted to be in my group, he begged me to let him in. I let him in. But he was a biter when I let him in. I told the nigga, nigga, you can't be in my group if you can't rap. Every motherfucker in my group got to be able to spit on the mic. He came into my grappling group, then my group biting to me. And you know how I knew he was biting? Because the rap he was saying, I started rapping it with him. <laughs> now, how can I do that? Wow, how man. can I know? How can I know what you finna tell me? Huh? How can I do that if you ain't no biter? How did I know that? Because every nigga that came out here to battle me from New York back in them days said the same exact rap. That's how I knew how that's how I knew the rap. Every nigga back then in the 80s, they came from New York, nigga. Oh, Stacey G, I heard about you, nigga. I'm taking your crown. I said, okay, well, nigga, let's go right now. Boom. They say that same rap. He did that same thing. when He, he didn't try to battle me, though. He just wanted to get in my crew, and I wanted to hear what he sounded like. Yeah. So he started saying that rap. All I could do was this and start rapping it with him. Just to let him know, nigga, wow. don't do that. Don't, don't do that. Don't rap Mikey and Nike with me, nigga, because I know that one. So, so, so being, that you, being, being that we're all born and raised, right? Yes, sir. When did, when did 88 lose the people? 88 lost the people when that Sherman punk ass Rutgers came in the, in, in, into the play because he wanted to come in and make 88 seem like it was something he put together, which he was a homeless motherfucker in San Diego some goddamn well. <laughs> no, for real. That's real talk. That's real. I know yeah. niggas from San Diego know that nigga. Sherman Rutgers wasn't shit. They were stealing money. They've mm. been stealing money over there, motherfucker, for years. I made thousands and thousands of dollars over 88. Trust me, doing them live remotes at the fucking Rouge <laughs> and the teenage live remotes. I was the first nigga to do that. I was the first guy to ever mix live on the radio in Las Vegas. Mm. That was me. Mm. They wouldn't let not one motherfucker, and I said not one, mix live on the radio from a club. Mm. That was me. And guess what? It was a teenage live remote over at the Heritage fucking Hall over in the Nucleus Plaza Shopping Center. Ah, uh, okay. Yes. See, it was I a team. You weren't never. You weren't around for that. That's what I'm saying. I, that was I, in the '80s. The, the the last thing, and I know nucleus Plaza is across the street. Mm-hmm. The I remember when the Vons was first. When, first, when Magic put up the Vons over when there, the yeah. Vons that that wasn't even nowhere in progress. That was all desert. 
Only thing that was right there was Sight and Sound, uh, 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 the West Side Story, the and uh, Age. the People's Choice, and uh, uh, Humdingers, and all that shit was right there in that strip. That's what that's what was right there in that strip. Wasn't no there. Then behind that was Desert, and the Projects was back there. Yeah, you know that was it. Wait, Sight and, Sight and Sound. Sight and Sound was right there. See, you was before your time, cause I got yeah, all my I got all my vinyl from they. Larry would make Larry and Angie up at Saint Sound made show. I got my vinyl. They say, look, Stacy, we gonna make sure, cause every rap record that came out, yeah. and they got to. I say, anything that come out rap, nigga, make sure you save it for me. Wow, I remember. And they then they made and they did that for me. Yeah, I remember when I remember Saint Sound being there. I remember Saint Sound being, being on. on See, because you guys are young. Dang. Because you guys are young wow. again. Saint Sound was right there for years before it moved to Martin Luther King. That Martin Luther King strip, that wasn't nothing there. Trust mm. me, that was that. that uh, Satan Sound was right there on Owens, right directly across the street from uh, Nucleus Plaza Shopping Center. Yes, it I, was. See, I'm from I'm from Northtown, so as a kid, I didn't come to the West Side mm. a whole whole lot. Um, I had an aunt that lived on Hart Street, so I remember Jimmy's being on Hart Street. Um, and, Jimmy's was right there. And now, as a matter of fact, so how old are you again? Thirty-seven. So back in '92, I did the uh, Brothers Unite picnic. That was during the Rodney King riots. Okay. That's when Jimmy was right there on Hart. Yeah. Jimmy donated a bunch of meat uh, uh, for me on that because I, I uh, we had free food and everything, and uh, free drinks and everything, and we had to, uh, it was a family picnic for, for uh, during the Rodney King riots, and that started a picnic all across the country. It was on CNN. All the news people were there. The police was there, hoping some shit start jumped off. But I had gangs from every neighborhood. Gangs from every neighborhood, nigga. We sit there and we kicked it, played basketball, dominoes, drank, and we kicked it. What didn't shit jump off? And that happened for weeks. And then the police started running around, shooting up other niggas' neighborhoods, claiming other niggas' sets. But we knew it wasn't wasn't uh, the mother niggas' sets because they was all hanging together when they would come over and do that shit. See what I'm saying? So how could it be them and they standing there too? You see, yeah, what I'm all the police was doing. See, here's the thing: you gotta understand. If the police got nothing to do, they ain't got no money to make. They ain't, gonna, they ain't no job. We kept them out of work during that period of time because everybody was cool with each other from every neighborhood. We was just kicking it. Okay. Wasn't no gang banging jumping off no more. And niggas from different set, but we was just kicking it. You know? And I started that shit, and it started happening all across the country. After that one, they would start doing picnics all across the country. Okay. Because it was on CNN. When they saw that, the police was there in droves because they was waiting on the gang banging shit to jump, but it never happened. Everybody was just having a good time. The city councilman came out. Everybody spoke. And it was a, it was a great time, man. It was a really great time. But you got to understand, sometimes they don't want us to have a good time yeah. and be peaceful. Absolutely. You got to understand that because if we do that, then they have nothing to do. Right? Because the first police was what? Slave patrols, right? Absolutely. Absolutely. So there you go. So if they have nothing to do, they ain't going to make no money. We put them out of business. All we got to do is be cool with each other. That's all we got to do is just be cool with each other. So they say they say the, the Rodney King riots were the – I grew up with the understanding that the Rodney King riots was the beginning of the end for the West Side. How, meaning, how much truth is that? Meaning what do you mean by so that? So much stuff was burnt up. <laughs> so much stuff was uh, that it just became – No, that wasn't the beginning of the end. Okay. The beginning of the end was way before that. Because mm. that didn't happen until what, 91, 92? 91, yeah. 92, yeah. The beginning of the end was back in the 80s when I first saw the plan on what they had planned for the West Side. 
all that shit on D Street. Now they had that. They had already had all that. All that rule on rules. They had that planned already to go and expand downtown. I ain't gonna tell you how I saw the plan, but I saw the plan back in the eighties. <laughs> so that was already in the, gentrification was already ready. They was already setting it up. It was just years yeah, before was, it happened. I was reading some shit where, because uh, there's a whole like West Side committee, and the 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 state I guess kept the state kept taking the committee's ideas and putting them downtown. So the Fremont experience, exactly. things like that, exactly were supposed to be. For the West Side, exactly. But it's, it's still happening because if you look at it now, all that all that stuff is being sold. Yeah. They're moving it and clearing it out, and it's being sold. Now, remember what they did with the F Street clothing mm-hmm. when they closed that down, and people couldn't get out, and people said they didn't know nothing about it. Oh, they knew. Oh, it was councilmen that knew. They said they didn't know. Mm. Oh, but they knew. You can you don't ever let a councilman tell you they didn't know some shit. They know before anybody know because them the motherfuckers that sign the bills and the laws and all that shit, the city ordinances. Yeah. City councilmen, they they make that shit up. You got your goddamn senators and and, and, and fucking congressmen. They make the state laws. Well, well, your your commissioners and shit, they make up the city ordinances and shit. So they knew. They knew what the fuck was going on. And there was a lot of niggas that know what's going on. There was a lot of niggas in, in, in city councilmen. And I know they don't like me because I don't give a fuck about them. Yeah. And the reason I don't give a fuck about them because I had to play politics with a lot of them. Frank Hawkins, I had to play politics with that nigga back during the Rodney King riots. He didn't want to give me a permit to play music and do a little part doing for, the, for the picnic. That's wow. So you know, you know what I told him? You know what I told Frank Hawkins then? I said, nigga, okay, you don't give me the permit, but I'm going to play music anyway. Yeah. And when, the, when they come to shut me down, I'm going to tell them why. And you got to be reelected. <laughs> yeah, so if you don't give me that permit, guess what's gonna happen? Everybody gonna know you didn't you didn't make this shit happen. Yeah. Wow. You have to play politics with these motherfuckers sometimes. And that's and, and I and hey, I've been playing politics since a teenager with them. You see what I'm saying? And they don't they don't know me because I've been, I had to grow up early in this game. Because like I said, I I followed her them bad in this game when it came to learning how to promote myself. Yeah. Because he promoted himself. Did nobody promote her them? He promoted himself. And got his name out there and had the whole city follow him. I followed that and I took his crowd and they had him following me. Mm. See, your uncles, your uncles, your mama, your daddy, them, they was coming to my parties. <laughs> you see what I'm saying? That's your cousin. Them. They was coming to my parties. <laughs> you see what I'm saying? Yeah. Niggas will tell you, oh man, Stacey G had all them white women out there. But they was coming to mm. my parties. Pink nipples. I love it. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> look, look. I love the pink nipple. I'm just trying to tell you. That's how it was back in the yeah. day. You know what I'm saying? When I was doing that thing, and, and then once, once I fell out of love with DJing, and that happened because of the fact that they started coming up with the uh, the CD mixer. When they came out with that, yeah. that's when I start, fell out of love with DJing because all you had to do was push a button. Okay. Everybody decided there was a DJ then. You see what I'm saying? When all you got to do is push your button, anybody could be a DJ. Oh, well, now they don't want to pay you what you're supposed to get paid because me, you couldn't pay me no less than $1,000 to do your party. Wow. Yes. See, that's what I'm saying. Now, DJ, you can give a nigga $50. Nigga, $50? That ain't what that's going to do for me. Not a damn thing. No, if my amp blow, what the fuck is that going to take care of? Nothing. If this speaker blow, what is $50 going to do? Yeah. Not a goddamn thing. Wow. You know what I'm saying? But so I charged $1,000 if you wanted me. Certain niggas paid it, certain niggas didn't. The reason I did that because I know if you had me, I was going to bring my crowd too. It wasn't going to be just the people you wanted. It was going to be my crowd coming too because you advertising my name. So I can charge that $1,000 for you to, to do that because you're going to make money. It ain't like you're not going to make money. That's why the radio station used me. 
It wasn't no, it wasn't. I know what they was doing. I know what the radio station was doing. They was using me to bring the crowd, break the money, and that was fine. I have, I have no problem with that because I use them too. You see what I'm saying? Absolutely. Because they made money off me, but I also made money off them because when I did parties for them, then I turned around and did my own party. And you had all of it. And I get all the door. Without the radio station And that's my whole point To these guys out here Coming up right now All these young Upcoming DJs and artists Cause I hear a lot of DJs I want man They only let the white boys On the strip I say well shit They was doing that When I was out there But I paid my own way I didn't, I didn't sit there And wait on nobody To help me Fuck them white boys Let me go out here And do and, and, and rent this room And I throw my own party And we gonna have it I'm gonna bring my people With me And we gonna have fun And that's what we did We had fun And we blew that motherfucker up And it was packed mm. And the white boys Hated me <laughs> no, I'm gonna tell you why. Because they couldn't draw what I drew. You see what I'm saying? Yeah. They when they came into the game, they was the shit. But that was before I had made it to where I needed to be. And then once I got to where I needed to be, I took the whole crowd from everybody. Heard them bad. And the white boys, DJ Frankie, DJ Rob, they probably call him R O B today. DJ R O B. DJ weird. Twin and them. All them niggas. DJ Twin and them always sucked. <laughs> All them the sorriest DJs I've ever seen in my fucking life. And both of them, both of them niggas, sorry as a motherfucker. I'm, and, hey, the, the twins, sorry. I'm t- right in the camera. Them some sorry ass DJs. Them the sorry DJs. I'm not for real. Them niggas suck. They suck and they suck on sound too. I, I did a show. Um, I was I forgot to promote it. I was doing a show somewhere at, at, at a park somewhere, and them niggas was doing the sound. And um, the sound was so shitty. I told the promoter, I said, man, if, he can, if they don't get that shit right, I'm not going to perform. It's just not going to happen. You're not going to make me look like no goddamn fool out there and this shit sound like a piece of shit. Yeah. You know? But the twin, and DJ Twin and them, they suck. Plain and simple. And y'all can put that in, 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 in graphics. Suck. <laughs> DJ Twin. <laughs> them, them niggas suck. So, so by the time, so my, I didn't hear... Uh, all you can see in my dust until the nineties, late nineties. That's when it came out. Okay, so so you have been in the game for quite a while. By the time, yeah. See, now let me ask you this. I want to ask this question because a lot of people don't know. So I'm gonna ask you guys to see what you tell me. Gotcha. What song do you think I had the major deal on? That one. If if it's if it's if I'm guessing, I would say that one. I would say, just going off of, just going off of uh, knowledge. Guessing, because for that for that time I'm putting myself in in the late nineties. Mm-hmm. It's a very it was the sound was very very polished. Okay. I think you have the deal before that. Yes, and I you did. You made that with that deal. No, but I had the deal before that, but I didn't make that with that deal. The deal, the very first deal that I had that was major deal, I got in 1989. Oh shit! Yes, so and that was with uh, that was with Quality Records, a subsidiary of Capitol Records. Okay. And um, that that album was called The One Man Ride. You can Google it right now. You'll pull it up, and you'll see it was a bunch of it was a bunch of pictures of me in a trench coat and a bunch of different guns. One Man Riot. That's what the album was called. That was my first major. I was supposed to go on tour with Tupac. Um, Spice One and I, I, I think it was I don't know if it was the Ghetto Boy. It was it was somebody else on that tour. I was supposed to go on, on a promotional tour with, yeah. but I caught a dope case, mm. so I was in jail 
when I was supposed to be on tour, I was Damn. in jail. And this was right when my hey, this, nigga, this was right when my album came out. The very same day my album came out, nigga, I went to jail. I caught a talk on a dead piece. Ain't gonna lie. Nigga, that's for real, that's some real shit. And I was in jail. Nigga was like, nigga, I just bought your ass. What the fuck? Is you doing it here? That's what yeah. niggas was telling me. I said, hey man, <laughs> shit. It is what it is. Nigga, I'm in here like same reason you and this motherfucker. It's a dope thing. <laughs> you know. But I got out a couple of days later, they were still in there. Yeah. You know, but by the time I got out, I missed the tour. Wow. I missed the tour. And then I ran into Spice One. I think about a month later, he was like, Man, we was listening to you on a goddamn tour bus, man. What I he was telling he would start singing my lyrics to me. It was a song called uh, My Boy. I didn't even write the song because I hated that album. Believe me, it was the first it was the first major deal I got, but I hated the album. Here's why I hated the album, because they didn't let me I didn't produce it. And I didn't do all the writing. It was other niggas doing all the writing because when I got the deal, they only gave me 30 days to f- do the album. 30. Mm. You see what I'm saying? So it's like every day we in the studio just grinding, trying to get the shit done. You know, and that's what I hate about major deals because it's like you have to get it done when they want you to get it done. Absolutely. You can't take your time and actually put your shit into the, into the work. So, so, so this is interesting because now we're getting on the business side of things, right? So... And again, that one man right album, Dr. Dre was supposed to produce. That was supposed to be on Ruthless Records. So did you mm. did you get heat back then as Yes, that's a how lot been, of, a lot of artists do now for not writing? For not writing? No. No, 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 I didn't get any heat because nobody knew I didn't write. They just now knowing that now. Wow. <laughs> they just mm. now know I didn't write on that one, but a lot of those guys don't even know about that album like you don't. I, I did one song on the I thought no, I wrote two songs on that album. One was Pimpin' and Playin' and the other one was uh, Ain't Nothing Like This. Those were the only two songs that I actually wrote on it. But the other one was No, I'm that nigga. I forgot it was three. I did because I'm that nigga was the song that Dr. Dre wanted to produce. That's when I when I opened up for NWA, I did a song called I'm That Nigga. What nobody calling themselves a nigga at that point. I was the first motherfucker to call themselves a nigga. And I opened up uh, for NWA and Black by Popular Demand, and I did a song called "I'm That Nigga," and Dre and, and everybody they ran to the side of the stage, saying, "Who the fuck is this nigga?" <laughs> you know, and I'm in there rocking that motherfucker the whole yeah. arena. This is the Artemis Ham Hall, and uh, at the UNLV, UNLV. yeah, yes. and uh, uh, there, right? yes, yeah. sir. I was rocking that motherfucker, man, and 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 when I got off stage and went to my dressing room, Dre ran to my dressing room. He said, "Man, goddamn, you ripped that motherfucker up, nigga. I want to produce you." I was like, "Really?" And I already knew he was a, a fucking uh, 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 platinum producer because of NWA. I'm like, yeah. okay, this nigga dope. When he want to produce me, so I was like, I thought he was just bullshitting. You know what I'm saying? So I was like, really? He said, yeah, man, I'm gonna give you my numbers, man. Boom, boom, boom. And uh, when we leave here, we got to go to Dallas and do some shows. Then I'm, I'll be back in LA on on Tuesday. Bam, bam. I remember this shit like it was yesterday. And so I called him that Tuesday, and that nigga answered the phone. He said, nigga, be down here this weekend. I drove. He gave me his address. I drove straight to his house. Boom, wow. and then he, we, I got in his car. And we went to the studio. He was working on Michelle A's album at the time. It hadn't, it hadn't even came out yet. Michelle A, you know me. I know yeah, everybody know here know Michelle A. Yeah. He was working on that album at the time, and he was mixing that song, "Something in My Heart." And I was like, every time I would come down there, he was working on that, and I'm like, God damn, because like I said, I didn't know anything about producing, and I was just a rapper yeah. and a DJ. So 
didn't know shit about producing. I'm like, well, why? Is it? I was coming down for about a couple of months. I was driving down every weekend. Like, but we ain't starting on my album. I'm like, well, damn, why is it taking so long to, you know, to start on my shit? You know? yeah. He studied mixing Michelle A's shit. But once he finished her shit, so I was thinking, okay, we're going to start on my shit now. Because he said, what we're going to do is we're going to work on you. I'm gonna work on, no, he said, I'm going to work on J.J. Fad during the day. And he was going to work on me at night. Mm. That's, what, that's what he wanted to do. And uh, but mine never came uh, came came so because uh, he picked up Easy brought in well actually Laylaw brought in uh, uh, above the law the group above the law like Superman no and, they, they blew up like Superman they did Black Superman uh, above the law you don't remember above the law did above the law above the law Black Superman I think they did Laylaw Laylaw brought him Laylaw brought him and 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 Ray started producing them niggas mm. so I, that put me back on hold again. Okay, now got to remember now with me being on hold, I still got money I'm making in Vegas, and that was yep. the reason why. That's the reason why I couldn't because Dre wanted me to stay in LA. He said, "Man, I need you to be here." That's what he kept saying to me. All Dre kept saying to me is, "Man, I need you to be right here. I just need you to be here." I didn't understand that. Yeah, because I'm not a producer. Right. I'm, a, I'm a rapper, a DJ. Nigga, I don't. What, what you need me here for? You ain't starting on my shit yet. What the fuck I need to be here for? You know. So, but I didn't understand that. Now I know. Right. As a producer, now that I produce, I know why he was saying what he was saying. But then I didn't know anything, so I had money here because I'm doing parties on the strip. I'm doing I'm DJing at the Rouge. I'm, I'm like, well, dude, I got to get back to Vegas because I got parties. I got shit I'm doing. You know, I can't just sit here like this and we ain't actually doing nothing. You know, so I, I came back to Vegas. You know, and I said, well, you know what, I ain't gonna go down this week. And I and it kept going on like that. I said, I ain't gonna go down this week. I I'll go next week. I ain't gonna go down this week. I go. And then by the time I know it, him and Easy fell out. So he's not with Ruthless no more. He moved. I don't have a contact. I, I, I lost contact with him. So I don't even. I don't even know how to get a hold of Dre no more. Mm. Okay, that's how that shit went. I lost contact with Dre. So that never came about with me losing contract. I mean, contact with him. But Easy, Easy was here all the time. And when Drake, when Drake came to me and told me that he uh, uh, he had to talk to Easy about producing me. And, and uh, put me on Ruthless I already knew it was a done deal Because Easy was at a lot of my parties Like I said he was here every other week So when I would do a party on a strip Nigga Easy was right there mm. Easy just didn't know I was a rapper Never told him that I never came at Easy like Hey man hook me up I'm, I'm, You know put me up I'm, I rap I do that I never came at him like that He knew I was a DJ though But he never He didn't find out I was a rapper Until I opened up that show At the Artemis Ham Forum And then he was like he was looking at me just like I'm like 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 I'm looking at you right now. Yeah. <laughs> so nigga, like you went, you just wasn't gonna tell me, you know, like that kind of shit. Yeah. I'm like, well, you know, I'm not that nigga. I ain't finna. I'm not finna be sitting around and begging you for no deal, nigga. I do what I do. You do what you do. We do what we do, and we cool because me and Easy saw each other a lot. If he was here, he would come to my parties. If I'm in L.A., we I would run into each other at the club, whether it was uh uh. uh Water the Bush or uh, 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 the Celebrity. All of them, 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 them uh, no, not the Celebrity. Uh, what's the name of that goddamn club out there? Uh, it was one club we used to, my boy Phil used to take me to all the time, and I would run into Easy and Egyptian Lover. Uh, as a matter of fact, the very first very first show I ever did in my life at the Artemis Ham Hall, I was still in high school. I opened up for Egyptian Lover and O'Brien. Mm. You ever heard of O'Brien? I've never heard of O'Brien, but I've heard, I've heard of Egyptian Lover though. What they seen? Egyptian oh, Lover did that. The, he, he's king of uh, electro, electro hip hop. Oh, yeah. You know, the Egyptian Lover, Egyptian Lover, baby. You ain't never heard that. You ever heard Egyptian Lover? Oh, well, anyway. 
Yeah, yeah Google, Google that shit. Yeah, really, yeah, I got, really I, I got all this but in my head already. I opened up that. I opened up a show for them niggas, man, and that that show, they booed, and he had the hottest shit going. Egyptian Lover did, but they booed that nigga off stage. <laughs> and back then, you know, back then when when you were on stage, you would give out your product, so they was throwing out um, uh, uh, twelve inch vinyls. To the crowd, so you know, wow. dig home. Yeah, so that's why we did it back then. You, you, you give away your product. Guess what the crowd was doing? Throwing it back. Throwing them back <laughs> in. And, hey, they was using uh, nigga. They wasn't just throwing them back. They were trying to take that nigga head off. I was like, God damn! And because he was just humping the stage and breathing. So he did his whole show, <sighs> and he was just humping the stage. And they was like, Oh, this old bitch ass nigga. They was throwing shit at him. Just you know, I was like, Wow! It, it was the funniest shit I ever seen in my life. Yeah. <laughs> Until I seen the boogie boy, I told you my boy, my manager was a concert promoter. Now, okay, so this is how I was able to do a lot of shows and shit too. Okay, and yeah, they was throwing rocks at them niggas in Texas. Jesus, Louise. <laughs> hey, it's funny, but it's not funny. Cause when motherfuckers throwing shit at you, you know you want to come off the stage and whip yeah. a motherfucker ass. You know, but yeah, they was throwing shit at them niggas, man. I was like, God damn, nigga said, if motherfucker hit me, I'm going to come down there and whoop a nigga ass. I ain't blaming. Like, nigga, look. Because if it was me, I would have done the same thing. Absolutely. You know, but yeah, let me tell you, I got stories, dude, that, that you would be like, God damn, this nigga, really? Even the twin. Even the twin. Both of them. I had to slap shit out of both of them niggas. <laughs> I got stories. Ones? Huh? The sorry ones? But yeah. Sorry, twins. I had slept shit out of both of them. Not at the same time. <laughs> it was different days, but I got them. <laughs> Didn't want to do it, but it had to happen. Yeah. You know, because they was the kind of niggas. See, back in my day, um, when you were DJing, and you have haters. When they can't do what you do, you have haters. And, you, and, you, and you know, you're going to have that regardless. Because yeah. if you're not doing something right, then you ain't going to have no haters. But if you're doing something right, you're going to have haters. But those guys were straight haters. They were bougie, and they still are today. Bougie act like they was better than everybody fucking body else because their parents had money. You know what mm. I'm saying? So anything they wanted, they got. And when it came to me on the DJ side, they thought they were better just yeah. because they had more money, but they didn't have the skills. So when the crowd didn't follow them and they followed me, they had their little hater hats on everywhere they went. And when it came to me. You know, so I took I, I took that shit for about 10, 15 years. I said about that 17th year, that's when I got them. <laughs> <laughs> not at the same time. Not at the same time, mind you. Different times. First time I got, the first one I got was that, uh, I forgot the name of this club. But it was out on Sahara and Eastern, around the corner behind a 7-Eleven. It was a little hole in the wall club they was doing. But I had just finished doing the song with uh, with my boy Skilo. I don't know if you ever heard Ooh, of Skilo. A little bit tall. Exactly. Oh, uh, we had just did a song together called uh, 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 Don't Try Me. We had just left out of the studio. And he wanted to go out and kick it. It wasn't really nothing to do, but they, they, they had the only thing going. So I said, okay, I know, I know a little spot we can go to hang out. You know, it's a few, probably be a few bitches up there. You know, you can holler at. So I take the nigga up there. They want to let him in, but they don't want to let me in. I'm like, well, so, so you telling me y'all going to let him in, but I have to pay? I said, but he with me. So if I leave, what you think going to happen? You think he going to stay here or you think he going to leave with me? Yeah. Right? Yeah, well, man, you know, I say, I, I say, oh, so y'all going to act like that. I say, so you mean to tell me you niggas going to act like a bunch of bitches right here at this front door on me like this? Oh, he took, put his hands up like this. I just slapped the shit out of him. Pow. 
Nah, really. I'm serious. This is where I just slapped the shit. I say, see, you a bitch ass motherfucker. And that's what bitch ass niggas get. And then the security guard ran up there. But the security guard didn't run to have him. They ran up there and asked me, was I all right? Mm. Hey, Stacey, you all right, man? I'll, yeah, nigga, I'm cool. I'm cool. Yo, bitch ass motherfucking boss ain't shit. <laughs> Look at him. Look at that punk motherfucker. <laughs> yeah, he was red in the motherfucker. I'm gonna slap the freckles <laughs> off that nigga face. Yeah, Get, look at that bitch motherfucker, and that's what happened. Yeah, cause I'm, I'm I, I, dude, I don't play that bullshit. Yeah. Nigga, let's let's be let's just be real and let that be that. Yeah, it ain't about no, I ain't got no bullshit. I ain't never had no problems with nobody. These niggas was bullshit. They was a bunch of bitch ass niggas. And then the brother I got. At the club called The Drink, right out there off of uh, Harmon. Harmon and, and, and uh, what's that? And, and Koval. Koval, exactly. Right there in the corner there, I was doing a party. No, actually, uh, 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 my boy Larry Lab was doing a party that night. He, told, he called me, he said, hey, man, if you want to come down, come on down, man. I'll have your name at the VIP. But I said, so I said, okay, you know, I'll come down, check it out, see what's what. So I went down. And twin, then was I was at the VIP, and, and twin then was at the door. I so I, so I told twin, I said, "Hey man, go in there and get Larry and tell him I'm out here, so I don't have to stand in this line." You know, well, he, oh man, I can't do that. You know, I said, "I said, dude, the man, the man called me just to tell him that Stacey didn't do it. He'll come. All you guys just tell him, tell him I'm here. He'll come. He, he didn't want to do it. He kept just looking at me like like you looking at me right now. That's how that nigga was looking at me. <laughs> so I said, "Okay, nigga, that's how you gonna act." I said, "Okay, fine. Just wait till I get in that motherfucker." Just wait, because I'm going to slap the shit out your punk ass. <laughs> soon as I get to the door, since you're going to act like a little bitch. I'm going to treat you like a little bitch. As soon as I got in that motherfucker, I hunted him down. <laughs> you know the song, Walk Him Down? I walked his punk ass down. And he was on the dance floor with a bitch. And I made sure that bitch see me slap his punk ass down. And I slapped him down the whole dance floor, partying like the Red Sea. <laughs> and again, guess what happened? The security guard in the building said, Stacy, you all right? They ain't come to see if that nigga was all right. They came to see, hey, yeah. man, you okay? Oh, I'm good, bro. Look, that bitch-ass nigga right there, you might want to help. <laughs> yeah. And he going to ask me, what did he do? Nigga, you know what the fuck you did. You act like a little bitch in front of this bitch. That's what the mm. fuck you did. Mm. Don't act like no bitch nigga with me. I ain't, I, ain't, I ain't that nigga. I'm not the one. You know? I see. I like ask, it. And, and see, they know this shit. They know it's real. But now, guess what they do when they see me? With, more, with the utmost respect, they treat me that way. First thing they come and shake me. Hey, Stacy, how you doing? Hey, yeah, nigga, yeah, get it right. Yeah. Cause nigga, I will slap the shit out you for no reason. <laughs> These days, I will slap you for no reason because I don't like you. Plain and saying, they know it. They know it. They know I don't like them because they acted too bougie for all them years, and I let it go for fifteen years. I let it go. Smooth C, I tell you that. Y'all heard of Smooth C? Yes, sir. I know him as uh, is Craig uh, Knight. Yeah. He, you know him as Glass Knight's nephew. <laughs> that way everybody know him at Glad Knight nephew. I yeah. didn't know that. Though. I didn't know that. You didn't know that? Well now you know, nigga. That's Glad Knight nephew. Everybody else know him as Glad. I don't know how you didn't know that. That's what that's what that's his that's his star. That's his claim to fame, Glad Knight nephew. <laughs> I yeah. had no idea. Yeah, that's Glad Knight nephew. Bubba Knight's son. One of the pimps. That's his son. Really? Really? You didn't know that? I had no idea. The same nigga I was talking about that was biting them lyrics, that's that nigga. That's, that's Gladys Knight's nephew, Bubba Knight's son. That's who that nigga is. Okay? That's that nigga. Wow. So, okay, so. And he will tell you about them twin niggas. Because he was with me during all that time they was acting like bitches. He just wasn't with me when I slapped the shit out of him. You see what I'm saying? Because he wasn't in my crew no more then. But when they was acting like that, Smooth C was right there and he saw them wow. niggas acting like that. 
I had no idea. That's crazy. That's crazy. Yeah, yeah. he's saying, dog, man. Anybody would tell you. Why she won't help him out at the station? Why you won't help him out at the station? What they going to do? What? What they going to do? She can put some money in it. Who? Gladys. Gladys? Come on, man. That ain't, Gladys ain't trying to own no radio station. They ain't doing that's the That's a government-funded station. First, that's, that's, that's what radio, 88 has always been a government-funded radio station. That's why it's public. It's a public radio station. Yeah. If you wanted to go in there and see the books, you can go in there and see the books. You can go in there and say, hey, look, man, look, my, pack, my tax dollars pay this shit. I want to see what the fuck y'all doing with the money. And they yeah. got to show you. Cause it's a public radio station. You pay taxes, don't you? Yeah. Absolutely. Well, thank you. Wow. See, I told Sherman that shit when, when Sherman Rutledge was running it back then, and he told me I couldn't advertise the way I wanted to advertise when I was when I was doing my thing. I said, "Nigga, you don't you don't even know who you fucking with." I got attorneys, nigga, that I could tell you, and we already went over this shit before I came down here to even fuck with you. I said, "I will shut your punk ass." I told him in front of all his employees, and I'm talking about everybody, and they'll tell you all his employees in the radio station. I put I shut his monkey ass down. So if it's, if it's government funded, why do it? Why do they hold that fundraising drive every year? Cause they don't know how to know. They don't know no other way to get no money. That's the shit they was doing back in the eighties. Again, they sound like some shit out of the seventies and eighties, right? Thank you. That's so they don't. When you don't have no hustlers in the building, they gonna keep doing the shit that there was already been done. They ain't gonna. They ain't gonna figure out how to do nothing different. Cause they ain't no hustlers. They don't know how to make no money. When you don't know how to make money, you ain't gonna make no money. You just gonna keep getting the money from the source that's been coming, the government, right? They can, then they're going to keep trying to get your money. Oh, we're going to do a fundraiser. Fundraiser. Nigga, y'all been doing this shit for, for 950 years. I was in high school when you was doing fundraisers. What the fuck is going on for real? You should be giving away money by now. You see what I'm saying? Yeah, Come I, on, they've man. They've That's they've because you ain't got no hustlers up there to know what the fuck they doing. Oh, they're going to hate me for saying this shit, but I don't give a fuck. Because they don't do nothing for me. Yeah. They don't do a motherfucking they thing for me. Talk talk. Oh, no, I'm just saying. Shit. I'm just telling you what's real. Yeah. I'm trying to tell you, ain't, ain't none of them going to like me. You need, you, furniture got to be moved. Thank you. Thank you, brother. Ain't none of them going to like me because if I was running this radio station, believe it, we'd be making money. How a motherfucker have control of the radio station that can't make a dime? Tell me that. I made money without the radio station. So I know if I had that motherfucker and was in control of it, we'd be making money. Them niggas can't figure out how to make $2. You see what I'm saying? That's what I'm talking about. Well, you know how they figure out how to make $2? They're going to come to you and ask you for it. Hey, man, come donate $2 to it. Nigga, what the fuck is your problem? You got a whole radio station there and you can't figure out how to make a dollar? <laughs> come on, man. Y'all y'all a bunch of bitches over there that don't want to do nothing. Just want to sit down there and be taken care of by another nigga. Mm. That's what that is. Mm. That's a bitch that want to be taken care of by a nigga. That's what, that's what 88 is right now. They got niggas over there want to be taken care of by niggas. But that's what that's what they got over there, nigga. And don't get me wrong. Don't get me wrong. I ain't talking about the DJs that's just under the people in charge. Yeah. Because they just doing what they just following orders. You see what I'm saying? I ain't talking about the DJs that's under, because them niggas just following orders. Yeah. It's the guys that's in charge, I'm talking about. All the niggas that's in charge, the EOB members, the the Laren, the Lawrence Weeklies and the Smooth C's, the Gladys Knight's nephews, the Bubba Knight sons, and all them motherfuckers that don't know how to make a dollar. <laughs> you understand me? Oh, they might be congressmen and all that. Uh, not congressmen, but commissioners and shit like that. Well, where the money at? Why come KCP ain't doing shit? How come you're losing listeners? Tell me that part. Oh, we got the old folks. What fucking old folks do you really have? You ain't got no old folks. What old folks? Tell me what old folks you got. The old folks that I think you had was my mama. She passed today. You ain't got that means you ain't got no more old folks. 
You see what I'm saying? And old folks don't spend money. Yeah. You see what I'm saying? Young folks spend money. Yeah. So having old folks, what that's going to do for you? Not a goddamn thing. Say so you're going to do a $5 Friday. Is that what that's what that, see, that's the shit I'm talking about? And guess where that tequila, idea came from? Tequila, uh, they were they were doing they were doing tequila, tub tequila five dollar Fridays, and then they moved to the Chrome uh, or one of them joints. Which one is well, I don't know which one is where they was they was at um, the the um, the Fiesta. What was that one? I think that's tequila, right? All right, and then they moved to Chrome, right? Yeah. Okay, so that shit. I gave them the idea for five dollar Fridays. Wow. And here that's and this is the funny part about that. I was just fucking around to see if they would take the idea and run with it. <laughs> that's what's funny. No, that no, I ain't lying to you. I gave the idea to a person. I ain't gonna tell you who that person was. Yes. He said, Man, that's a good idea. I said, Man, he said, I'm gonna tell Smoothie, but I ain't gonna tell him who told him. I said, No, don't tell him because if you if you tell him I told you, nigga, the nigga probably ain't gonna want to do it. But just just tell him, give him the idea and see what happened. And I did it just to see if they would run with it. And they ran with it. Five dollar Friday. <laughs> Wow. That came from me, nigga. Yeah. Out of mind. That was years, a couple of years ago. I, so, I came so, up with the so, idea. So if you had it, what would you do differently? I'm, I'm not gonna tell you because then they'll be trying to. They they see this shit right here. Then they will be trying to do what trying the fuck I got. Shit. I got plenty of things I could do with a radio station, nigga, and make money. Yeah. But them niggas don't know nothing about making money. Why they don't know nothing about making money? Because they ain't made nothing all this time. How long they been in control? Who twenty years, twenty one years? Damn niggas ain't made a dime. In 21 years, they still getting money from the government. Still begging that money. Okay, yeah, you can get that money, but why come you can't make money too? Yeah. That's the problem. So so with the, the, the Hot 97. They pocketing the money, baby. The, the, the $2 that they make, they put it in their pocket to go pay their little bills and shit. And make, I, 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 I watch some shit, nigga. They, them niggas over there giving themselves awards. <laughs> radio award. I'm like, these motherfuckers crazy. You going to give yourself a radio award? What have you done, really, to yeah. get in the radio? You ain't done shit. To get no fucking radio award. They doing that shit. So to me, brother, they over at 88.1, I can give a fuck if they don't ever play Stacey G again. That's, that's, that's why I'm telling you what I'm telling you. Yeah. And I've been feeling this way for quite some time. Because I, I, I'm watching them take a radio station down that shouldn't go down like the way it's going down. Yeah. Because you got a bunch of motherfuckers that don't know what the fuck is going on in America or in Las Vegas, for that matter. Yeah. Because this is where we, where they need to be concentrating on. They, them motherfuckers give niggas from New York and all, all them other places shows. But how many niggas in Vegas got shows? Huh? How many, how many niggas in there? How many locals are they really playing? Are they really giving a chance? Not none. Not none. Not motherfucking none. They pretending. Yeah. And like they know something about music. Them niggas don't even know shit about music. They pretending to know something about music. The, the most musical motherfucker over there they got is DJ Benzo. I'll give it to him. That's my nigga. I'll give it to DJ Benzo. He know his music. Mm. He know his music. He ain't no hell of a DJ. When it comes to mixing and, and, and cutting and scratching and shit like that, I'll tear his ass up and he know that. And I'll tell him that to his face, so I ain't, you know, ain't no, ain't no surprise there. He'll, he'll tell you that. But DJ, DJ Benzo is a great DJ. He's, he, 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 he's, uh, 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 he knows his music, and to me, he's the only one over there that really know. They, I, I feel like they, they had a few. They just don't, they don't. Stay. I didn't say they didn't have a few. They don't stay. Thank you again. I never said they didn't have a few. They had me. Remember. Mm-hmm. So I never said they didn't have a few. It just, just don't stay. Why would you stay somewhere that you can't grow? Mm. Tell me that part. Why would you? If you couldn't grow here, would you stay here? Absolutely not. Thank you. So why would you stay at 88 if you can't grow? 
So those guys can keep making two or three dollars and sticking it in their pocket from the little ivory remote money and shit because they they pocketing that money. That's what they're doing. Yeah, all you gotta do is study and look at the papers and shit. Yeah. They'll tell you. They'll tell you how many millions of dollars that's been that's been uh, missing over there. Yeah, <laughs> you see what I'm saying? Just, it, it just it, it breaks my heart a little bit, man, because that's supposed. Oh, to be, it tears my heart up. Supposed to be you know the, the station for it tears my heart. People. This is the reason why I'm saying what I'm saying to you right now and letting everybody know what it is, because it tears my motherfucking heart up to see that they're doing the radio station like they're doing it. Cause I know I was the I was a real big part of the station being what it been, especially in this hip hop game. Mm. So to, for me to see them doing it like they doing it, it's fucked up to me. And I and I will speak out on it. I don't give a fuck who like it. Cause can't none of them whoop me. Yeah. And don't none of them pay my bills. None of them. None of them niggas pay my bills over there. You see what I'm saying? And I deal with a couple of them, a few of them cats over there. So I'm cool with them. You know what I'm saying? That's why I say it ain't under, and it's not on the guys that's under the, it's on the head people in charge. You know what I'm saying? That's who it's on. So, you know, and and like I said, I ain't scared to mention Larry Weekly's name or Lawrence Weekly, whatever you want. I call him Larry Weekly because that's what I've been calling him since I known him. Mm. Y'all call him Lawrence. He became Lawrence when he was a commissioner. Nigga, he's still Larry Weekly to me. I'm going to tell you that right now. And if you see this nigga, you still Lawrence Weekly. You still Larry Weekly to me, not Lawrence. Larry Weekly. And Smooth C, you still glass night nephew. And Bubba Night son, nigga. Y'all still them same motherfuckers to me. I don't give a fuck. That is so funny, dog. Because I did I never I ain't never put two and two together. Man, I put it together. I didn't even know what the fuck a smooth C was until my part my, my homie Marvin, my, my, my homie Marvin uh Phillips put him in the dude. He said, Man, this this cat, he glass night aunt uh nephew, he wanna yeah. be in your crew. I said he wanna be in my crew? He said, yeah, man, you know, he, he from New York, blase, blase. I said, well, I don't give a fuck where he from or who nephew he is. He got to be dope to be in my crew. If he, ain't, if he can't do what I do, then he can't be in my crew. Tell him, come on, let me see what he can do. He came over, started biting. Boom, it was a done deal. Nigga, look, no, you can't do that with me because we rap around here, baby. You know, we, we don't just spin records. We rap. So when it's time for you to rap, I need you to bust a motherfucking mic. And I don't need you to write say a rap that somebody else gonna know. I need you to say a rap that only we know, that only yeah. you know, nigga. And that's how that went down. Baby, trust me, I got stories, baby. I'm telling you. All you gotta do is keep asking the so, right questions. So when we when we when we came when we first came in here and you sat down, you said a lot of people a lot of people don't don't fuck with you. Older cats. Mm-hmm. Well back in the back reason in, why? Because I, I, I get a uh you know, uh, tell it how it is uh, kind of attitude from you, which is, uh, in my opinion, that's how you're supposed to be. Of course. I'm very. I've always been this way. Anybody know me will tell you that. Tell it like it is, nigga. I'm going to tell it what it is. I ain't going to hide it. So what am I hiding for? Is that the reason, like, you've a few, like, high-profile relationships deteriorated in a way? What do you mean by that? What do you mean by high-profile deteriorating? High-profile as far as Vegas. Las Vegas folks, like the people that you that you've name dropped, they would be considered high profile in our in our. Community. To you, to me, they ain't high profile shit. <laughs> to you, they high profile. They just regular niggas to me. Yeah, because I know them, so they ain't shit to me. They can pre- they can pretend to be what they want to pretend to be around them white folks, mm. but I know these niggas. You see what I'm saying? It's a totally different thing when you know a nigga and how they act around white people. It's a totally different thing. Like mm. I said, that's why I named the names. I ain't, I, ain't, I ain't got nothing to hide, baby. What am I hiding for? They, these niggas know me, baby. And what are they going to do? Come slap me? I wish they would. <laughs> I wish they would. 
See this shit right here? That's insane asylum, baby. I'm going to get insane on them. They come raise a hand at me. And I'm going to go and get insane. Let's play. That's where I am. I ain't hiding nothing from nobody. I ain't never hiding nothing from nobody. All these niggas that I'm talking about, I will talk about the same shit in their face. And they know it. You understand me? Yeah. They know I will tell it to them in their motherfucking face. This ain't nothing I'm just saying in front of y'all. Because if it was, I wouldn't be saying it. Because I know you're recording. You know what I'm saying? I shit, I will tell them in their motherfucking face. There ain't nothing I will hide behind my back. No, nigga, I'm going to tell you this in your face, punk. Because I know you, nigga. You know I know you and you know you know me. Yeah. Mm. I'm do plain you, and simple. Do you, um, do you feel like... Uh, These people may have played a part in the role of your career. No, or it's going. No, no, ain't never one of them played a part in my career. Neither not or one. Ain't now nigga I mentioned played a part in my career. I played a part in theirs. Mm. That's the thing. Even Lawrence Punk Ass Weekly. <laughs> I played a part in his career. Yeah. <laughs> and not in not in not in the motherfucking politics sense of of, of him being elected. Yeah. But I did vote for the nigga a couple of times, so that helps, <laughs> right? But at the same time, uh, 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 he was able to tell the motherfuckers he know me. Mm. You see what I'm saying? There's a difference when you can tell a motherfucker you know a motherfucker so they can help you can get them votes. Yeah. You see what I'm saying? So I, I helped them way more than they helped me ever. Smooth C would have never been Smooth C if it wasn't no Stacey G. Remember that. He would have just be Glass Knight's nephew. Yeah. I just know, in, in the, you know, in the beginning, you were like, you know, when people, people start hating on you and they start kind of sizing you up. They try to throw roadblocks in front of you. Of course, of course. Like but those were only DJs. Rappers couldn't. Those were only DJs. And the reason those DJs did, because I took their business. Got you. Remember, when I, remember, remember, let's remember where we at now. Remember, uh -huh. I was a rapper first. Then DJ. Then I started DJing. Once I started DJing and started getting into that world, that's when they started acting the asses because I started taking the crowd. Only one that didn't act the ass was my boy Sam Wesley. He came up out of Hurt and Bad too, but his, he, he left out of Hurt and Bad and called himself the Gigolos of Disco. Him and his brother. Cold and them niggas was dope. <laughs> no, Sam was cold. Sam taught me tricks on the turntables. He was cold. He came out of regular states. That nigga was dope. He was the dopest motherfucker in Hurt and Bad. Hurt and Bad wasn't shit on the turntables compared to Sam Wesley. I'm going to tell you that now. Yeah. Hurt and Bad was a rapper, but he wasn't shit on the turntables when it came to fuck. Because Hurt and Bad couldn't mix. He yeah. wasn't no mixer. See, back in them days, them niggas, you know what they, what, was, what they would do? They would talk, play a record, and then cut into the next song. That's it. Wasn't no mixing, jumping off. Wasn't no scratching, none of that. Yeah. Sam did all that. Mm-hmm. Okay. Sam Wesley did all of that. Gigolos of this, that nigga did. And he was staying, he, when he came out of uh, River States, he moved in Delmonico in my neighborhood in, on the back street on Pontiac with his grandfather. Yeah. And I would go over there, I mean, him would get to smoking the shit, and that nigga would start showing me chick. He'd say, Stacy, I'm going to show you this shit. Don't, don't, don't tell nobody. <laughs> That's what he's. <laughs> and that nigga get on there and start doing so. I'd be like, God damn, look at that. It's dope. Yeah. And then he showed me the shit, and then I would learn I'd get better than him. Okay. I go home and practice that shit. Boom. Next time he see me, I'll be better than him. Yeah. Me and him, we didn't fall out, but we kind of went our separate ways because all of his gigs became my gigs. We didn't never, we never fall out. We still cool to this day. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. But his gigs became my gigs because of the fact that crack came out. 
Crack was a bad motherfucker. <laughs> See what I'm saying? And he got caught up in the game, and I was still in high school. And I was the, the mix show he was doing. The mix show I had I was called the Million Dollar Mix. Sam was doing that first on eighty eight every Friday night. It was his show. It wasn't mine. But he left this radio station one night, dead air. It was a pre recorded show. He never showed back up. So it was dead air for a few hours. Wow. They fired his ass. I came in. Wow. Once, once I took over that show, he was still doing lace skate on Saturday nights at, 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 at Playland, which is Crystal Palace now. Yeah. On Rancho. He was still doing lace skate. That was his first two. Lace skate. That was Sam's. He, when he was doing that, and that shit started happening. I was on the air on one Friday night. The radio, the, the skating ring called me. The white boy, the skating ring said, man, we want you to come up. We want you to DJ for us. Blase, blase, blase. They wanted to pay me $500. For the night. For the night. I was like, really? Give me that. I was like, okay. Easy. I said, well, I can't do that. I can't do $500. What? I couldn't do it. You worth more than that? Worth more. Because mm. I'm already doing my own shit now. Okay? Oh, okay, I'm already got my own crowd. I'm already they following me now wherever yeah. I go. Okay, yeah, you so got, it's like you I can't leverage. do that. So I told, her, I said, well, dude, I said I understand what you what you're saying. And the, first I said, ain't Sam doing that? That was the first thing I said. That's Sam. That's my boy Sam. Hey, well, what's wrong with Sam? Oh, well, Sam don't want to show up, man. He only shows up when it's time to collect the money. <laughs> I was like, really? I was like, really? He's like, yeah. I was like, okay. I said, well, I'll do it, man. But I gotta have a dollar a hit. Well, I told him, I said, because I know how many people I'm gonna bring in there. So you give me a dollar a head, I could do it 500, ain't going to cut it. But I, if you give me a dollar a head, I'll go. We can dance. And so they said, okay. And I took it over from there. From there. Until, until the gangbanger shit kicked, stopped, it, stopped the whole thing, period. Because I used to do it there, and I went on Boulder Highway. As a matter of fact, the one on Boulder Highway, Floyd Mayweather, I think, is buying now, trying to buy yeah, he, he, it. Yeah. He, no, it's his now. It's his now, yeah. Mm -hmm. See? And I used to do that. I used to do that. I used to do the one on Boulder Highway, too. I used to do all that shit. The lace skate, nigga, that was me. So is that, is, that, is that why he left the radio station with Dead Air? Because he went to go get a rock? Thank, thank you. Smoking that dope is a cold motherfucker. That's what I'm saying. Who said it first? Rick James. Cocaine is a hell of a drug. <laughs> <laughs> Cocaine is a hell of a drug, but that's real. Hey, but Sam was a bad motherfucker. <coughs> I'm telling you some. <coughs> excuse me. I'm telling you some good shit. Sam was a dope-ass DJ. Okay. I'm going to tell you right now. He probably still is. After he got the joint, because he got into some shit and he, he had a murder charge and all that shit. But I haven't seen him. I haven't seen him mix. But today, to this day, but he probably still is a dope ass dude. Because, like I said, he taught me tricks. Sam Wesley taught me tricks, brother, and that I wouldn't have known if I wouldn't if I wouldn't uh, know him. But he didn't teach me how to DJ. My boy Fernando Caesar taught me how to DJ. You know, he was the one. He taught me how. And the first thing he taught me was how to hook up the equipment. He wouldn't teach me how to spin records. He said, "Nigga, if you can't hook it up, you can't play." That was the first thing he said, nigga. So the first thing you need to learn how to do is hook it up. Mm. So he taught me how to hook it up. Then once I hook it up, boom, he taught me how to DJ. And what, what he taught me how to DJ, what he taught me how to do was his, 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 um, learn the pitch control to get each record, to get each song at the same tempo. So I can okay. blend them records together. Yeah. Boom. Because I already knew how to scratch. He already knew that. He said, well, nigga, you already know how to scratch. I want to teach you that kind of shit. You, you, you better than me at that. So he taught me how to blend records. Okay. And when he taught me how to do that, it, just, it was over from there. And then Sam taught me how to do back cueing. That's what he taught me, those back cueing tricks. And once he taught me that, it was like, I started mixing the back cueing with the scratching and the flashing. 
So it was, I was, it was a triple threat. And then I do that, boom, switch the song, and then get on the mic and start rapping. Mm. <laughs> you see what I'm saying? It was a totally different twist. Ain't nobody doing that today to this very day, not in Las Vegas. What's your, what was your go-tos as far as? I know I got their ass now. What was your go-to joints back then? I had so many. LL Cool J, Rock the Bells, mm. Run DMC, Suck MCs. It was man, it was so it was so many go tos back in those days. You could just be like uh, Kumo D, How You Like Me Now, uh, um, um, New Jack City uh, with 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 uh, 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 what's the boy uh, uh, New Jack City. Teddy Riley and mm. them cat nigga, all that shit. The New Jack Swing shit. Look, it was so many go tos back in the eighties and and nineties to where uh, uh, damn near every song was a party. So you could just boom, be like, "Oh shit!" And all the bitches would be like, "Hey!" <laughs> so all you hear in the club is, "Hey!" So, like, when you hear that, you know you on the. You, you, yeah, it's a, man, you when you hear, "Hey!" It's, it's over now. I got your ass now. It's a done deal. So, so, so say you, so say you DJ and you play a song that you thought was gonna hit and it didn't. What's the next song you playing? And be like, "Okay, I gotta get their asses back to where I just had them." Never had that happen. So you gotta talk to another nigga about that one. <laughs> <laughs> I ain't never had that shit happen yeah. right there. Cause like I was telling, like I was just saying, everything was a banger. Yeah, you can't okay. miss back, back then. Everything was a fucking banger back then, man. Okay. I was the first nigga that played. I introduced Las Vegas to Sir Mix a lot. Mm. Nobody had him before me, I, cause I got his single from him. I was in Seattle with my people, and uh, he was at the park, and that's he did the song called Square Dance Rap. It was his first joint, and he gave me two of them. I brought it back to Vegas. And put it on the radio, put that shit in the mix on 88. Everybody was trying to figure out who the fuck that nigga was. Wow. Mm. I was like, nigga, that Sir Mix a lot, nigga, because he hadn't, he hadn't had a major deal or nothing yet. This was before Baby got back and all that shit. Okay. And nigga, I blew Sir Mix a lot up right here. And right here, I was the first motherfucker to bring that nigga. I blew up a lot of records here. Let me ask you, because you, 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 uh, you brought up the Cool Mo D joint. Mm-hmm. I actually think he won that battle. Me too. Do you? Yes, sir. That's a rarity. Yes, sir. Not, not me. For me, I'm a lyricist. See, I don't listen to beats. I listen to lyrics. I listen to what a nigga talking about. Yeah. What a nigga saying. Kumo D. If you go back, LL stole some of Kumo D. Kumo D. Styles. Absolutely. All you gotta do is listen. Kumo D. Was the first motherfucker to rap fast. When no niggas rapping fast for, for Kumo D. Mm. He, he was the first nigga. Kumo D. Changed the rap game. He changed the disc game. When he was battle rap, you know, you you just be on there. You who got the best rap? Whatever. No, Kumo D started talking about you right then and there. Boom on the spot. He changed that game. That was Kumo D that did that. When niggas started rapping about each other right then on the spot, what you got on right now, uh, nigga, that was Kumo D did that. Mm. Yeah, the LL know that. LL can't fuck with Kumo D. He know that. But the LL did it. He did a bad motherfucker. With Mama said, "Knock you out." I can't take that nigga because he killed that motherfucker. Mama said, "Knock you out, nigga." You can't get no better than that. <laughs> <laughs> you can't. Hey, nigga, LL bad motherfucker too now. I got, right I got, now. I got one more. And me and LL had a little falling out, but oh, but no, I still no. still I still respected him because he's a bad motherfucker. When he, lyricist, that nigga was cold when it comes to battling. Yeah. And when it, and I'm talking about rapping, and when it comes to battling DJ, because I use his motherfucking record to battle plenty of niggas and eat them up. Mm. That battle anybody, I don't care. You damn nigga, I used to tear that motherfucker <laughs> up, <laughs> fuck niggas up on the turntables with that nigga. Yeah. I'm telling you, LL had the he had one of the coldest battle records ever. Him and Run DMC. I'm telling you right now, 
them niggas have one of the coldest battle records. Peter Piper, not bad, meaning bad. Nigga, I asked DJ Benzo about how I could fuck that. I could do that. I used to do that with one hand. Back queuing, not bad, meaning bad. One hand, and I'd be smoking a cigarette just like that. One hand, going to table to table. Benzo was like, God damn, how the fuck do you, are you doing that? Then I started doing 360s and turn around with no headphones. Let's do it on beat, never miss a beat. I practiced that for years. When I brought it to the public, it was like it was second nation. Mm. You see what I'm saying? So it was like, nigga, I was a battle DJ. I wasn't just a regular DJ. I was a battle rapper and a battle DJ. You ever and go that, to like any of those like uh, like DJ battles like we saw in Juice? See again? Like the like the like the DJ battle oh, that they had in Juice. Yeah. Yeah. Yes, yes. You ever do any niggas up? Niggas couldn't fuck with me. That's what I'm telling you. That's what I'm telling you, baby. I told niggas up rapping and band DJing. Okay. Because they couldn't do what I did. That's the, that's the whole point is, who was rapping and mixing? Nobody. Stacey G was, though. Because mm -hmm. I was a rapper first. Remember now, I was a rapper first. So, uh, to me, lyrics was always more important than me on them turntables. Turntable was just an extra added attraction for me. Because nobody could do what I was doing on the turntables either out here. I've seen niggas do it in other places. Yeah. But not out here. Okay. And I was battling top niggas in other places like L.A., like my boy DJ Aladdin. And out in L.A., he was, he was Dub, Dub C. You know Dub C? Yeah. yeah. He was his DJ. Okay. The niggas who come down here, met him like this. As a matter of fact, his cousin is my business partner, DJ Aladdin. Okay. Me, he was, his cousin is the one that got me my first major deal, the one we were talking yeah. about. DJ Aladdin's cousin, Fila L. He was the one that got me. Fila L had Candyman. You guys heard of him, right? Yes. Candyman, knocking boots. Yep. That was his. That was Fila Al's artist. Candyman from Vegas. Guess who else was Fila Al's? No, he's not from Vegas. He's from LA. But guess who else was Fila Al? He was with Tupac first. He was with Tupac, but Al had my boy Fila Al had him first. Mm. Big Psych. Really? You guys heard of Big Psych? Yeah. yeah. My nigga Fila Al had him first. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Yeah. Before two, before he was with before he was with Tupac, then my boy Fila Al had he Big Psych first. To do Park Justice. I got some of I got some of Big Psych's <laughs> first shit right now today. I got some Big Psych's first product before even before even with Pop. Right now today, wow. that was on my boy Phil Let me ask you one more before we get into it, because I, I, you you got me now. I'm, I'm flying. One more. Go for it, not man. You can ask me anyway. We got we got. You can ask me whatever. What, 70s. As many as you need. We're in the seventies. Okay. Before I even get there, let me ask you: Off the wall or Thriller? What about it? Which one? Off the wall or Thriller? Oh, which one? Off the wall or Thriller? That's hard. That is totally, nigga, I'm, I'm, I'm just telling you, for me, that is totally hard, because I love them both. Okay. Okay. So I can't, I can't, I can't really, I can't really go there with you, because I, those both will, <sighs> Okay, no, no. Why I'm, you, and, and the why reason you, I'm saying that, why because you, why you thinking about I don't know, I don't know, I don't know a song on Off the Wall or Thriller that you couldn't play at the party, and they wouldn't, the dance floor wouldn't be packed. Okay, off the, because, because you said something that, that, the reason that sparked this question. Now. Why you why you dwell on it? Why you think about it? What do you define off the wall as? Genius. No, no, no. Genre. Oh, as far as music genre? It's R and B. Is it? Yes. That's what I define it as. R and B. Everybody else would call it disco. Me too. You know, but it was still R R and B was disco. So you gotta understand. So you gotta understand your music. If you own your music, R and B was disco back then. What the fuck you think R&B was? They, it's, it was disco. Just because you had white boys doing R&B, that was still di that, um, disco, that was still R&B. Yeah. KC and the Sunshine Band, white boy, that was still R&B. Yeah. 
You see what I'm saying? Okay, now, off the wall thriller. Off the wall thriller. I can't go there. I keep trying to tell you. <laughs> and I'm, I'm, I'm just being honest with you. Nick, I met Michael Jackson personally. I've met this brother, and I know he was all the shit they said about him, he was not. He wasn't no pedophile, none of this shit. This was the coolest brother you could ever want to meet. You understand me? And those songs, those records that you're talking about were hits that you had to play at a party on both albums. You had to play them. You wanted to, you wanted your party to kick it? Nigga, you better be playing something off, off the wall or you better be playing something off Thriller. If you wanted to, And it don't make a difference what song it is. Just play something off them motherfuckers. The party, the dance floor going to be packed. See, that's how I determine that. I can't go other because I go off the wall. People will go off the wall because it was the first time he left the, the Jacksons, his brothers. So that's so somebody would go that way, right? To me, both of those albums, Off the Wall and Thriller, was just the shit because they were phenomenal. Those both of those albums were phenomenal albums, man. You can't you can't take nothing away from either one of them. So I got to go with both of them. I okay. can't I can't split those up. Now I can split them up from his other shit. But I can't split those two up. I can't. I, I would never be able to do that because I know as a DJ, at the time those times were hot, I had to play everything. You don't think bad. You don't think you would put bad in that same class with no. you two? Mm. I wouldn't put bad there. Mm. No. Nope. I wouldn't put bad there. No. It's, don't get me wrong. Bad was bad. It was no, a bad motherfucker. It's, it's, it's those two and then everything. Yeah. Then everything else. Well, for me, it's Thriller and then everything else. But well, for me, it's off the wall and Thriller and then everything else. Oh, so you just chose. Huh? No, I say off the wall and thriller. Not off the wall or thriller. No, off the wall and thriller. And then everything else. Okay. That's what I said. And then everything else. He said for him, it's, it's thriller, thriller and then everything else. Then for everything me, it's else. off the wall and thriller and then everything else. It's because to me, those was his greatest joints. Mm. Off the wall and thriller. But maybe, maybe, him being by himself, those were his greatest joints. Maybe because I, I didn't get into off the wall until I got older. So... I, like I grew, I grew because up with Thriller. And it was more disco than it was. Thriller was not more disco than Off the Wall, and that's probably why that you didn't get into it in such a manner because disco was gone by that time. Yeah, Thriller. Yeah. You see what I'm saying? So if disco was gone, then you ain't gonna get into that. You gonna get into more what you was what you accustomed I, to hearing. I, I grew up. I grew up with. Mike. I'm a Michael Jackson fan from from the womb. But I didn't. I didn't get off the wall. I didn't get off the wall. I got. I, I came into Okay, well, let me ask you this. You, you're Michael Jackson fan from the womb. Absolutely. So what do you think about uh, 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 Rocket Robin? I mean, I like it for what it is. It's not, it's not that I would, I would go to and play. Like he, See, that's, 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 that's the difference. See, that's something I would go to and play. I think I think when you talk about young young like preteen yeah, Mike when he was with, when he was with his brothers that's what I'm talking about when he was with his brother see those are songs I would go back and play because I know some those it, were hits some of it I, because I, mean, I, I was know living hits. I just I wouldn't I, no but I was living then so I know how I know how I know how they took effect on the world those songs that the last song I just named yeah you, songs like that Ben and all that when he he this nigga did a song about a rat yeah he was singing to an evil rat I think I think the hey, only, but the song was popular it was a hit. The only you see one what I'm I saying? Really, I would How really many niggas you know can make a song about a rat and it'd be a hit? A rat, nigga, a rodent. Not many. And it'd be a hit. An evil rat. <laughs> the, only, the only one I would really go to preteen Mike is probably I Want to Be Where You Are. I could really, I could throw that on and be good. Okay. okay. See? The rest, I mean, maybe the Christmas album, maybe some of the Christmas songs, but like Jackson 5. It's only hard. Dancing Machine. I think 
if it if it comes on dancing, that was my shit right there. Comes, dancing if machine. It, if it comes hey, on, I may ask some of your ask some of your folks about that. Your older folks about dancing machine, nigga. Dancing Everybody machine. was doing. Hey, that was the shit. I, I and I, I the question I started to ask myself. That's that lately. robot boy back in the day. That's when the robot. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. The, the question I've started to ask myself lately, maybe the last week or so, about Michael Jackson is, is, is Michael Jackson Michael Jackson without video? Because Dancing Machine is a great yeah. song. Dan- Dancing Machine is a great song, but the, the imagery of Dancing Machine sets it, st- sets it makes it what it is. Now, Thriller, became, thr- thr- not, Thriller's a good song, but Thriller without but, the video. But, but I'm talking about, but overall, but overall, to me, his albums are the epitome of the sound at that time. So when you when you talk about when you talk about uh, disco R and B, it was off the wall. Then when you get exactly. to the popular to exactly. pop music, Thriller. Exactly. When you talk about New York exactly. We don't get into them joints. We don't. We don't. Exactly. We, don't we don't put dangerous. We don't put dangerous. I don't think we put dangerous. But it, it but. can be the sound of New Jack Swing though. It can be bad. Is when he started infused rock into. Well, dangerous was the sound of New Jack Swing because that's Teddy Riley. Teddy Riley Absolutely. produced Teddy it that Riley. One. I just for, for for me when I think about it, Thriller is what Thriller is because you had the Thriller well, that was the, nine. The Thriller video. No, you had nine smashes. It's th- it's it's. Th- do you listen to Thriller all year round without the video playing in your head? I don't even. I don't even. I don't even. You could take Thriller off of Thriller when it first came out. Yes. See, that's what you're not understanding. When Thriller first came out, the video wasn't there. It yeah. was, you heard the song. It wasn't, too, it wasn't too far after. I, I didn't say it was too far, but you heard the song. The song had already blew up. Okay. <laughs> you see what I'm saying? And then, all of a sudden, you see this video. It's like, oh, shit. God damn, this motherfucker just, did, did this nigga just, it was a, it did, was is a this minute, a haunted video? It was a miniature like, film. It's not yeah, a minute. Thank you. But so, I, 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 I love Billy Jean, but 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 the image of Billy Jean when he's walking down the road with the with the with the with the tiles lighting up beneath his feet. But see now, guess who did that? And see that's that's what changed. See, you gotta understand what Michael Jackson did back then when he was doing. He changed the whole game of the music industry. Why? Because today, music ain't shit without visual, is it? No, it's not. You can have a song and be hiding the motherfucker, but, when, but, but if you don't see the video and you ain't like it, it ain't shit to you, is it? You go to Billy Jean. When I think of Billy Jean, I don't even think of the music video. I, I do. think of Motown Twenty Five. That too. Thank you. That's imagery. Thank that's, you. That's imagery, Thank though. Thank you. When you think of Smooth Criminal, you're not thinking of Smooth Criminal just a now, song. Again, you think of it, but you don't think of that. But here's again, again, what he just did. You hear what he just said, Motown Twenty Five? But now, just what what happened before Motown Twenty Five? Before that night, the song was already hot. It was already blue. He was already the hottest shit going. All he did was add it to the attraction when he moonwalked. When that nigga Absolutely. decided to moonwalk, so that just fucked up and made it even that much more bigger. That's all that did. But it was already the shit before he moonwalked. Before that, before that show, he saw. I'm not saying. I'm not saying. I'm just. I'm saying. Does it? Does it hold the place in music history? Yes, that it does. Yes. without the visuals. Bro, he yes, put, he did. Yes, he did. Yes, he did. The man on the song talking. You ever heard of Rockwell? Yes. You heard of Rockwell? Yes. What's the song? Uh, Thank you. Guess that song wouldn't have been shit without Michael Jackson on the hook. That wouldn't have been. You wouldn't even think about that song if Michael Jackson wasn't on that hook. Michael, I say. You see what I'm saying? And Michael on the hook. I always feel like. And that's it. But that song wouldn't have been shit without Michael I Jackson agree. on that I hook. Agree. I agree with that. I just, in my mind, I'm like, the, the visual helped. 
put Mike in a place that nobody's. Well, of what, course, what, what it did that with everybody. Of, Name an artist today that the visual didn't help. Name an artist right now today that the visual didn't help. I don't. I. If but his, it wasn't like the videos. The videos were premiered with the songs. The songs are already smashed. Exactly. That's what I'm trying to explain not, to him. I'm not saying. I'm not saying they weren't hit records. I'm saying the videos put Michael Jackson in a different. And when did, no, what when what, what happened was the video, the video gave Michael Jackson that worldwide stardom. That's so. Is, that's what I'm saying. Is Michael Jackson still the Michael Jackson we hold him as without the visual? Because yes, to me, yes. to me, if you're if you're having a conversation yes. strictly on music, Be I think R. Kelly because is the who world, he is with the no world visuals. follows the world follows America's music. The world does not just I believe, wholeheartedly. The, I believe yeah, that. Yeah, the world follows America's music. But, so yes, but R. Kelly without a single visual is who he is musically without 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 a single. That's visual. not true. You don't think so? No, I know so. What what vision? I'm gonna tell you. Okay. You do. Other I'm than trapped in the closet, I'm I can't think of a thing. I'm gonna explain to you right now who R. Okay. Kelly stole. Aaron Hall. Thank you. I ain't even got to say it. he said it. How R. Kelly stole we Aaron Hall. His we, whole had, we, had, we had this conversation. He stole his whole image before before R. Kelly even came out with with public announcement. Our, uh, Aaron Hall was the man. He I stole tried. that whole look, the whole sound, the whole everything Aaron Hall was doing. R. Kelly initially, even listen. Even the new Jack Swing sound he stole from Teddy Riley. Initially. But that by the time R. Kelly got the album too, he wasn't the same R. But Kelly. But listen to me, I, I'm not saying R. Kelly's not a genius. I want you guys to understand that. Okay. I just you asking me how he came about. No, no, no. That, that wasn't the question. If, if he wouldn't have stole somebody else's look and sound, he wouldn't, he be wouldn't have be wouldn't be R. Kelly today. And that was that was I Teddy Riley and Aaron Hall. He stole that whole that, sound okay, and that, look. That may be how he got his foot in the door. I'm but, saying but I'm just saying. R. Don't Kelly's musical wrong. legacy no, 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 is what, what it is. And that's what I'm trying to tell you. Don't get me wrong. R. Kelly's a genius. He's a musical fucking genius. This dude, because Terry Riley wouldn't have came up with I can be I can I believe I can fly. None of them niggas wouldn't have came up. That's R. Kelly all day. You see what I'm saying? So don't get me wrong when I say what I'm saying to you. R. Kelly's a fucking genius. He's like, I don't give a fuck what they say about it, what he doing, all that shit he's doing with these kids, whatever that fuck. Hey, nigga, that's on you. You got to figure that shit out. But musically, he's a genius. Absolutely. I he's agree. a fucking genius. But he still wouldn't have been R. Kelly if he hadn't he took the identity of Aaron Hall and the sound okay. of Teddy Riley. You can't say it was his fault. Because that's the only reason that's the, the only the reason people paid attention the, the to him. You gotta remember. Was huge. Yeah, you gotta remember I was a DJ at that point in time. I was DJing at that time. So I remember how he came about. He just had the same sound and the look as Teddy and Aaron Hall. So he was able to slide right on in without anybody saying, Oh, this nigga done took somebody else's look. Nobody wasn't saying that. They was just letting him come on in, let him do his thing. And then once he got in, he was able to go ahead and do him. See, there's a difference between getting in and continuing to do somebody else. He got in, and then he was able to turn around and do R. Kelly. He got in at the image of somebody else. But once he got in and people accepted him, he turned around and started being R. Kelly. Okay. So, so okay, so for me, for me as an individual, mm -hmm. when you think of Thriller, the, the video is synonymous with the imagery. When you think of Billie Jean, like you said, the, 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 the CBS 25 mm -hmm. anniversary of, of Motown is synonymous with that song. Other, is there a song other than Trapped in the Closet where the video is synonymous with R. Kelly's music? Because I don't think so. Like, so the music stands on its own. Michael Jackson has a lot of songs where the, the imagery is just as powerful as the song. Thriller. Uh, Billie Jean. Yeah, but see what you got again. What, Those what, are the songs you uh, go to, right? Again, what we're going through. Thriller was an album full but of hits. Again, what you're going exactly, and again, yeah, many, what I was many, saying there. How many songs on Thriller had a music video? 
Most of them. And again, Most those songs were hits before they became videos. They weren't just, he didn't just make a video of those songs, they became hits. No, they were hits before he did the videos. You see, that's the whole point of that. That was a, see, back then it was totally different from the way they, they're, they're doing things. Then when Michael Jackson put that shit out, the hits were there before they became the video. They were already the hits. Let me see something. We, we sorry, we, we not, we just, we Googling right now. We got, we, you know. We get into this spot. We yeah, gotta, do, we yeah, gotta start googling. Google, these. baby, Google. Three, do what you three, do. What you do. What you gotta do. Three songs on there had a three out of the nine. Do what songs you gotta do. Had a music video. Wanna be starting something? Go oh, with my thriller. Four. Beat it, Billy Jean. Mine? Oh, yep. that was with Paul with McCartney. McCartney. Yeah, he, he, he had four. He had four. He had a bunch of them to have videos, but the, the songs were the hot first. Mine, thriller, Beat It, and Billy Jean. Yeah. Pyt had Pyt didn't have a video. Yeah. Pyt had a video of the Pyt. Pyt didn't have a video. Pyt, Human Nature, The Lady in My Life, and those were and those were all hits. And those were all hits. All of them. Everyone he just named was all hits. Tell me, the man got one of the greatest ballads ever. Five out of nine. But those, but those, those, those one you're talking about were still hits before they were videos. I'm not saying they, I'm not saying I'm not taking away from from the music. I'm saying the imagery associated with the music for a lot of for a lot of Michael Jackson's biggest songs are just are you, they're synonymous. Yeah, you yeah. can't separate the imagery from the song itself. Well, because once you see the video, it's hard to do that. See, that's the thing. You can hear the song first. Like I've heard the song before the video. Before I saw the video and all that shit. But then once you see the video, it's hard to say, okay, you started trying to imagine some other shit before now. Because now you just saw the video to yeah. the song. So, so it's, it's hard so, for that. So you can, you, can ha- you can have a great song. You can have a song that's a number one smash hit. But if you have amaz- an amazing visual to go along with that, that comes along. You can make it even bigger. There you go. You can make it even bigger. That's, that's credit to his genius. I'm not, I'm not taking away from his genius. I'm just saying without the visual for some of these songs, with Michael Jackson, but that's what that's what okay. The, let me ask you. That's something. what the majority is, of the songs today, though, is without the visual with the majority of the songs, you probably wouldn't even like a it. lot of them. Yeah. Okay, let me ask you this: then. is is Download considered one of his the best songs in his catalog without that video? I think so. I think. Do you know how fucking crazy that video was? It had it had Ron Isley on it. That was huge. Killed his girl. I'm not saying the video. I'm not saying the video wasn't. I'm not saying, but you can name. You can't you can't tell me that I believe I can fly ain't I believe I can fly without the video. I believe I can fly is not I believe I can fly without Space Jam. I think it is. Boy, you crazy as a mother. I think it is. You are sick. Stepping is there a video for Stepping in the Name of Love? Because you're gonna hear Stepping in the Name of Love in every black event you go okay, to. Okay, that's that's one, but I am saying though, you you're telling me that Michael Jackson's you his music is synonymous because that's a with step his, song. With his step in the name videos. of love is a step song. A lot of them, dude. R. Kelly's biggest joints either had a video or was on a on was on a premiere soundtrack. I'm not saying it's not. I'm not. I'm not taking away from it. I'm just saying R. Kelly's track record. The majority Your of you don't video say- has Michael Jordan in the mid '90s in I'm it. Not, I'm not disagreeing. But how how many R. Kelly songs can you bring up that don't have amazing visuals to go with them? Your video has Michael. You Jordan can bring them all up, but they just the, the, the mid nineties. That is bigger than. That's one song. One, one step further, you had Michael Jackson. Okay, so I believe I can fly. Trapped in the closet. What else? How many other? How many? How many oh, great visuals do R. Kelly? Up, in the closet. Michael Jackson wanted R. Kelly to work with him. 
See, he, wrote, he wrote on history. Saying, these are the things you got to understand. I can't even wrote on these history. Are, this is, and that's what I'm saying. These are the things you got you to understand. Because of because a brother comes in one way, doesn't doesn't not make him not a genius. He's still a genius at what Absolutely. he does. Absolutely. But his songs were hot before he made these videos. And that's and just like Michael Jackson. His songs were hot before the videos even occurred. Yeah, but I, I, think, the, I think the video prolonged the, video the, just, the, lo- the but, shelf well, life of a lot the of these vid- songs. What I'm saying is the video just gave it more attraction to the white people because, listen, Niggas didn't have access to videos back then. We had access, not maybe not in the back early then. 80s. Maybe not in the early when 80s. Did, everybody did. didn't. Everybody didn't have satellite and all no, no, that Michael shit. Ja- Michael Jackson and, opened and those cable doors. And Michael all Jackson that opened shit. What, what video you know? was that that did that? I want to say was it Billie Jean? It might have been Billie Jean. That broke open the doors. I think it was. I want to say it's Billie Jean playing like black music videos. I think. Was it, it, I think it was. No, nah, Thriller. I, th- I want to say he started, when he started when they started uh, actually playing the uh, black shit on MTV. I yeah, say that Billie, and, and, I and say Run DMC, King of Rock. I want to say it's Billy Jean, t- to my knowledge. Okay, but uh, if Michael Jackson not white with a white woman oh on, you are not alone. We don't. Li- that's not a, that's not a Michael Jackson hit. If he not, if he don't have Eddie Murphy and what's the sister name, the model. Beverly Johnson. If he don't have, if he don't have Eddie Murphy and Beverly Johnson, and remember the time. I don't think remember the time is a, considered a huge hit. You are nuts. What? Well, he had, he had, well, he had what's the name in that too? Uh, 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 Max Johnson too, right? Max Johnson was in the video. Yeah. That's a, that's a, talking about huge. But here's the thing. You talking Again, about huge? That's what I told you. I'm telling you, see all the stuff you talking about. I remember to this day, before they made that video, that was a hit. Cause I was banging that shit that you had to play. I, I remember the time in, I hated in, in, that song. in the Rouge. I, well, you might have hated it, but you had to play it. The adults loved that song. You had to play it in the Rouge. I get, but but once, once you throw, once you throw Eddie Murphy, a prime Eddie Murphy, a prime Magic Johnson, exactly, it made it even bigger. Come on, just, I'm just saying it made it big, but it was already a hit. That has, it, that, it, take take Mike out. Take Mike out. Right. Take Mike out of this. You can have a prime Eddie Murphy. Uh, Whatever the sister name is, Beverly Johnson, and a prom, Magic Johnson, that still doesn't equate exactly. to having Michael Jordan in the mid '90s in your video. Why not? Magic Johnson, we're not going. We're not. We're not going to disrespect. You know we're not going to disrespect Magic. Hey, gonna dis- you got to look at what, what Michael was doing then. He was putting his. He was putting his creative thinking together. I'm with this that. This is what he did. The it was the. It was the three MJ's. Michael Jackson. Michael Jordan. Michael Jordan and Magic Johnson. It was the three MJs. We're not That's gonna, what that was all we're about. We're not going to disrespect Eddie Murphy or Magic Johnson by saying Michael Jordan not, just going to blow them. I'm not disrespecting Mind him. you, Michael Jackson had him in the video first. I'm not disrespecting him. My, what I'm saying. Mind you, Mike had him first in Slam. Absolutely. It's Slam, it's Slam what Slam ended up being without Michael Jordan in the but, video. But what, what year was that? That was 90. That was on Dangerous. 93. Slam, around 93. Okay, so 93. I had Michael Jackson. Was it the end of the first three P. Okay, it's the end of the three peat. End of the first three. End of the first three peat. Michael Jordan, the same Michael Jordan as ninety five, ninety six. No, not I'm the same. No. Which one is bigger? Ninety five, ninety six, bro. Ninety five, ninety six. Yeah, it wasn't. It wasn't the same. That's, because 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 people weren't expecting him to come back, and he did. And he did this three-peated all over again. It was like, niggas was like, God damn, this nigga here. See, that's what really made Michael Jordan Michael Jordan, that last three-peat. That's, that's basically repeating six times in a row and ain't nobody, couldn't nobody stop you. 
He stopped himself because he's retired for a moment to go play baseball and all that shit to get away from the game for a second. But other than that, he came back and won three straight in a row. That 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 there. That's the solidifier. Kelly from. Yep. Being a great R and B singer to global superstar. Exactly. That's all I'm saying. <laughs> That's all I'm saying. True. Okay, so how, how many how many great songs do R. Kelly have after I Can Believe I Can Fly without great visuals? Without, without a visual attached to it, because he had a bunch of them. Well, you got to remember, see, you, what you keep saying, what you keep saying is you're trying to, you're trying to make a, a distinguish what songs were hot without a video. But it's hard to do that because once Michael Jackson did Thriller and established the video thing right there, it was everybody started making videos for to, to establish their songs. Absolutely. Because, you know, so, it, so nobody, no artist after that made a video to, made a song to where they video didn't take their song further nobody i don't i don't disagree i don't disagree with that i'm just but I, when you talk about r kelly i think r kelly's had a bunch of great hits without great visuals attached to him. once once thriller came about I, I can't think of a michael jackson song well, michael jackson had that too because you got to remember when he was in jackson five wasn't no fucking video i'm, not, I'm talking about i'm, talk, I'm talking about i'm talking about video post thriller post thriller can you name a michael jackson song uh, a huge michael jackson song that didn't have an amazing visual attached to it not a mediocre visual an amazing visual yeah, attached you to go, it. well you can go back to anything off the wall anything off the wall so from thriller on i just said no i'm saying I, I went before thriller i went to i went to off the wall because those weren't amazing videos. They were just real fucking yeah, ranchy ass of, videos. Rock with you eat in front of a green screen. Right. So, you if, we st- so if you stop, if you stop, those Jackson's weren't career, amazing videos. But, if you but the Michael songs were hits. If you stop, Michael Jackson's white career off the, off the wall. We we white not talking about Michael Jackson the same way. I, I'm just trying to tell you, white people. You know how many people, white people banged off the wall? There was just as many white people banging off the wall than black folks. I believe it. That because that was the I shit. Re- I remember turning but on the, the news vis- and seeing but, white people falling out. But the visual that was cheesy. The visual was cheesy as shit. Them videos sucked. They wasn't shit. If you listen to the, if you watch Thriller and then watch the videos before Thriller that Michael Jackson did, and then you're going to say, this was a piece of shit. You know what you're going to say? And Rock With You, he was in front of a green screen the entire time. With the the sequin onesie on. I remember. You don't got to tell me. I I seen it. You got to tell me. But videos do that with everybody these days. It It makes the song that much because visual now actually helps sell the song. Yeah. You know, because now you can. Put uh, uh, put put give something give people something to see with what you're talking about. Okay, I, I just believe in R. Kelly's case. That's not that's not the case because I think R. Kelly's had a bunch but of hit songs. You're entitled to that great, without great visuals. You're entitled to that. Mm. You're entitled to that. It's not t- that's not to take away from Mike because again I'm a Mike fan from day one. Yeah. Hey, I'm, a, I'm, a, I'm a all the way through Invincible. All the way through Invincible. I'm a Mike fan before I'm a R. Kelly fan. So I'm <laughs> playing. Some. R-, R. Kelly had the what R- what R. Kelly did. What Mike didn't do was. Evolve with the people, meaning there was a long drop off with Mike. There really wasn't a, it really wasn't ever a drop off with R. Kelly. And if he wasn't releasing an album, he was on the hottest artist songs. So he stayed with the time. Well, it wasn't a drop off from Mar- from Michael Jackson either until he got older. Once he got into his fifties, of course you're going. But you got to remember before that. Shit, he was the hottest thing. He was the, he was the hottest thing going from the Jackson Five all the way up until his late uh, uh, his late albums by himself. Shit, from so, history to to Invincible was a, what a good decade six, or so. No, like Man, six shit, years. longer than that. Like six he, years. he had he had Michael Jackson had hits. History came out in like ninety four ninety five. Full album. It was a two. It was a two. So the first one was like a greatest hits. The second one was original music. Right. That's what R. Kelly wrote on on the second half, which okay. which had Earth Song. Gotcha. 
and they don't really care about us. Mm-hmm. Um, and then he tried the blood on the wall. If you listen to that. They don't really care about us. Now. Yeah. Motherfuckers really need he to listen to the lyrics shit. on that. He talking some shit. And yeah. he went in, went in and uh, changed some lyrics because mm-hmm. he dropped the, the J word. Yeah, yeah, yeah because that's, that's real shit he was talking about. Right? He was talking about all them record execs and shit about yeah. that and then the white folks on that. Yeah, they tried and to get know, him out of here. That's why they was trying to get him out of here because he started he started going against the grain. Yeah. Michael Jackson started going against the grain on all that, a lot of that shit. So, so we, we talking about greatest, we talking about hits now, right? Mm-hmm. How do you feel all these years later? How do you feel about uh, all you can see is my dust? I feel good about it. I feel I did that. The funny part about that song is the music I did. I, we was just coming off a of, uh, was coming off a of tour. We was coming back from Alabama. I was on the plane when I did the music on a little drum machine, on a Boss drum machine. The whole that whole song was done on that little machine. Mm. And I was, we was on, we was flying back, and I was on the, on the, on the plane, and I was sitting there with the headphones on, and I was coming up with the shit and putting it together. And by the time we landed, the song was done. So it was the music part of it was done. So when I got back to the studio, I just started writing the lyrics. And once I once I read the lyrics, I laid the lyrics down, and boom, I sat back and I listened to it, and then I let one of my partners see. I said, "What you think about this?" He said, "Man." He said, he said, that's the beat you was doing on the plane? I said, yeah, that, that's, that's the beat I did. And I, I just finished writing the lyrics. He said, he said, nigga, that shit is dope. Well, I was like, really? You like that? So after that, I let a few more people hear it. And I didn't tell them who it was or nothing like that. I just let, I was just playing the shit. And they was just vibing to it like, man, that shit dope. Who the fuck is that? Then I told them, well, like, God damn, nigga, that shit is dope. So I'm like, okay, well, cool. Once I got that confirmed, I, I, I went on and started putting that shit together, the rest of the album. And I did that because I had a, I had a deal with a, a label called Smooth Sailing at the time, and uh, I signed a, a a year and a half contract with them. And the product I gave them was already ready to go. All they had to do was put it out and promote it. And I gave them six months to do that. It was stipulating the contract. I said, "Y'all got six months to do this and do that." And they never put it out. They never put this. The album was called Secret Indictment. They never put the motherfucker out. And uh, so I never said nothing to him about it. Because I knew I was, we were on a contract. So if I don't do nothing within a year, they got to pay me anyway just for sitting on me. Because yeah. I was signed exclusively to them. And uh, when, when that happened, I put the shit. I, I said, well, fuck it. Since they're not going to do nothing with me, I'm going to go ahead and start on a new album. And then I'll let them know. Uh, that they owe me money, and I'm gonna, and I'm, and and, and, uh, and I'm not, I'm not, I, I'm not comfortable with them no more. I don't want, I don't want to be with them no more. So I finished that album, the uh, Desert Storm album, and then I went to them and told them, okay, I'm done with you. I got another album I'm gonna get ready to put out, and I'm not fucking with y'all no more. Y'all owe me money. I want my money. Pay me my money, or I'm gonna have my attorney. So I had to get my attorney and get on them, and they had to pay me a hundred thousand dollars just for me sitting there mm-hmm. all that time just to sit. Yeah. Just me sitting right there. I said, well, that's on y'all. Because I told you, I gave you finished product. All you had to do was put it out and promote it. Yeah. That's all you had to do. You wanted me to hold on so you could promote this other artist. The artist's name was Teardrop. They was trying to promote this guy because they produced him. They managed him. Everything about it, they did everything. So they get all the money from him. With me, they don't get all the money. Because I did the producing. And I did everything. So I got all the publishing. Yeah. So I told them, well... If you want publishing, then uh, we got to come up with some kind of deal. And the deal I want from you guys is I want to make sure that you're going you're gonna to do all the street promotion, radio promotion, TV promotion. Every promotion that is to happen, you're going to pay for that. 
and then you can get part of this publishing, but you ain't going to get uh, 50%, you'll get 25 because you didn't do shit. Yeah. You didn't produce nothing. You didn't write nothing. So why would you get anything publishing-wise other than record sales? Mm. You know, they don't want you to have that knowledge. See this? I have too much knowledge for them, yeah, and they don't like you having that kind of knowledge. Yeah. You know, and, 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 and that's the knowledge that everybody needs to know in this game. You can't just be the artist. You got to know the business. And right. when, I, when, I, when I hit them like that, they had no choice but to pay me. And I still left. And I still left. And then when I, that's when I put out All You Can See in My Dust. See, people think All You Can See. That's when I asked you earlier, which song did, did you think that I had the uh, major deal out? Because people think it was All You Can See is My Dust. No, that was my money that did that. Mm. That, wasn't, that wasn't the major deal. That was my money that did All You Can See is My Dust. So, so when did you the know? The major it? deal was 1989, One Man Riot. That's when I had the major deal. So when did you know you had a, a, a pretty undeniable smash on your hands? Like, this the one. The radio station called me. And they said, hey, man. 88? Yeah. They called me. They said, hey, man, uh, we hear you guys. Everybody calling up here about this new song you got. Man, what the fuck is going on? How come you haven't brought it to us yet? My boy LC called me and said that. I said, well, man, I've been doing street promotion. Love, so, Captain. Yeah. Exactly. Love, Captain. I said, man, I've been doing street promotion, so I haven't really had time to come up there and bring it to you yet. But believe me, it's coming. I've just been trying to get it out on the street first because you know how I operate. I, I take care of the street before I take care of anybody because I want to see what the streets think first. You know, So I, I, was, I was doing my street promotion, and then it was blowing up. Mm. And when he called me, I said, okay, man, I'll, I'll see you tomorrow. I'll, I'll bring it up there, and you have it. Boom, y'all can start playing it. Do what you got to do. Bam. And then from there, there it was. And there it was. Then I started doing shows. I was on my, next thing you know, I'm on tour with Snoop Dogg and E40, <laughs> Too Short, and all these cats. I'm like, God damn, okay. So we doing all right. Yeah. You know. And the best part about that is Las Vegas. When you when you when you're in your hometown, they don't really show you the love that uh, other places show you. Mm -hmm. Like when you go on tour and shit like that, and you travel to these different cities and states, they sh they treat you just like you was a Snoop Dogg or Dr. Dre or uh, Mystical or a goddamn uh, 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 Drake or somebody like they treat you the same way. They don't treat you no differently. Yeah. You know, because you're out there on the same stage as these people. You know what I'm saying? So they treat you like they don't know. They don't have a reason to hate on you because they don't know you from Timbuktu. Mm. So they have no reason to hate. But a lot of cats here, they will hate on you because this is your hometown. I didn't have that problem. Only from a few haters. And like I said, you're going to always have a few haters. But Las Vegas embraced me right away. I can say that. I can honestly say I was embraced by the majority of Las Vegas. A lot of rappers weren't, but I was embraced by a lot by the majority of Las Vegas because I promoted myself. Like I said, I pushed myself out. I put my own money behind me to promote me, yeah. and I was and I let them go out and kick it on the strip with me. Come on, we finna go on the strip. We finna kick it, y'all. Come on, it's only gonna be five dollars a head. Come on, let's go do this. And boom, they was following me everywhere I went. That's what it. That's and that's the key. Promote yourself. Don't wait for these white folks to put you in a hotel in the club. Fuck that shit. You go put your own party up out on the strip and do your own thing, and you take some of their money. Mm. Then they'll start paying attention. You see what I'm saying? Because all it, only way white folks pay attention is when you hit them where it hurt. Where it hurt? The pocket. Absolutely. Right? That's when they start paying attention to what's going on. So that's what I was doing. It wasn't Like I said, was, there was no clubs in these hotels back then. We were the club. So we would go rent the convention rooms and throw the party. Now they got when they when the white folks saw that all the money to be made, they start putting clubs in the hotels. Mm. But here's the here's the thing to that they put the clubs up and they play the nigga music, they playing hip hop and all that shit in R and B. 
unless it's two too many niggas coming now. Then they'll start playing that rhythmic bullshit, shit that you don't really want to hear. Yeah. Just to get rid of some of the niggas. <laughs> yep, there you go. They start doing that shit just to get rid of some of the niggas. That's what they do. See, they don't think we know about that shit. They, we, we know what the fuck they doing. You know what I'm saying? But you ain't going to go in there as a DJ. You could be the hottest DJ, but they ain't going to they pay you in there unless you got some white on your skin or you're yellow or you're red. But looking black and brown like me, they ain't going to let you in there. So you got to put yourself in there. And that's what I did. The white boys was in there easily. Know what I did? I found me a white boy and let him go. Nigga, get. I need this room over here. Go, go to this hotel. Give me this room. Boom, boom, boom. You be my representative. He went right in there and got me that room. Bam, 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 boom. Come out. I'm the motherfucker they doing business with at the end of the day. Mm. But I'm going to send a white boy in there to, to represent. You see what I'm saying? Oh, it's ways to do things. But you just got to know how to do things. You know what I'm saying? If you want to do what you really want to do. But a lot of these cats back then, in my game, they were spending more of their money on tennis shoes and cars and rims and shit like that instead of promoting themselves. Me, I ain't never been. I ain't never been in a jury. I ain't never been into fucking cars. None of that shit. I ain't never been in the rims. Only thing I ever done to a car was put a system in that shit so I can have my music and keep it pushing. Tint the windows. That's it. I ain't never put no rims on a car. I ain't never low rider. None of that bullshit. Cause I ain't into that. It can't do nothing for me. Right. Give me the money. Uh, all the other shit you can keep. Just give me the motherfucking money. I bet you I can show you some shit with this money. Mm. See what I'm saying? Yeah. So, me, I took all my money and promoted me. That's how you heard of me. That's how you heard of me. Because I was putting my money into me. Okay. That's how you heard of all you can see is my dust. Because I promoted that shit with my own money. I didn't go to no record. I was the record company. And St. Yeah. Asylum Records, we promoted that shit. And my boy from L.A. I was promoting here. He's promoting in L.A. He's here, my, my boy Phil Al. And that's how because it's always a team. Yeah. Nobody can do nothing by themselves. That's what the, that's what a lot of the artists have here. They have a problem. They think they can do it all by themselves. That's what I've been noticing too about a lot of the young artists here. Everybody's the producer, they're the rapper, they're the record company, they're this. And everybody can't do that. Some people can, but everybody can't. Some people are just artists. Some people are just producers. And today's producers aren't really producers. A lot of them they're just computer programmers. Mm. They're just pushing buttons. How many can really play keyboards? How many, you know what I'm saying? How yeah. many can really play an instrument and really produce? They're just, anybody can push a button and let that, let that tune do what it's doing. Anybody can do that. A two-year-old can do that. So you're, you're basically a, a p- computer programmer. It's two different things. From, and you'll hear it. All you have to do is listen to certain songs. You'll say, damn. Have you ever listened to, uh, uh, what's the old boy name? Uh, um, what the hell is that cat's name? Uh, 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 what's something he? What's something he rap? Um, no, he sings. He sings. Uh, the light skinned brother. Uh, Ryan Leslie. No, 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 no. This all took my time. I don't know why I can't think of this nigga name. Light skinned. Yeah. Uh, the dream. No, Bruno. Bruno. You ever listen to his music? That's music. That was, those are musicians playing. Slob instruments. Was, oh, those are musicians playing. That's music, baby. That is music. That's why it lasts a long time. So if you listen to music, music that lasts a long time. So you can listen to a lot of this hip-hop shit. By, by the week, you tired of hearing that shit. Right? We go by you. Like, shit, I listen to that motherfucker. Not boom. And what else is new? Yeah. But you listen to actual musicians that's playing Six. like that. You can listen to that shit for 
days and decades. And you'd be like, God damn, that motherfucker still sound good. And it would bring back memories to you. You'd be like, damn, I remember when. Because that's all music is, is an emotion. And it, and it brings back memories for you. Fact. You know? So that's, that's, that's music right there. When you listen to an actual musician playing, you will say, God damn. And it's going to last a long time. You ain't going to be tired of hearing that nigga in a week. Right. Anything you have to push a button, you're gonna be tired of hearing that shit after and about a week you're gonna I be you gonna but you can go back and listen like you just got through saying R. Kelly. You can go back and listen to R. Kelly like a month because that was musicianship. When was the when was the last when was the last time you heard somebody out here that gave you that feeling? Well musicianship? Or um this although shit is here to stay. Um as far as what what hip hop or just music period? Music period. Out here in Vegas? Um, when I first heard the Soul Connection, that band I was telling you that was ago. that was a long time ago. When I first heard the Soul Connection, that was doing the music for Hurting Bad. Okay, so so when I heard those first guys, when I first because those guys were so good, I would say, God, they made me want to do music. Yeah, you know what I mean because it was just, they were just that good. Yeah, and so, I say, okay, well, until I these this shit is here to stay. This is a Vegas that's a Vegas group. This yeah. is a Vegas thing. This these guys didn't come from nowhere else. This was straight Vegas. Yeah. So and they were one of the tightest bands you could ever hear here. So the the conversation that we've been having for the last couple of weeks is uh surrounded about local hip hop and why have no one blew up, so to speak, right? Uh huh. And then there was something you, you you said that that really stuck out, I guess from it was somebody from Run DMC said, mm-hmm. like, I'm going to make sure nobody mm-hmm. nobody from here ever blows up. Right. Did he speak that into existence? Or why hasn't someone no, from the city... No, he didn't speak that into existence. Why hasn't someone from the city, especially these young cats, because you, you say that, you know, the youngsters right now doing it, why has no one from the city blew up like that? Because no one from the city here has done what I just got through explaining to you. Got you. And what I just got through explaining to you was no one in the city here puts their money behind themselves and promotes themselves like mm. I promoted myself. See? When I've known in the industry because I've put my money to promote myself in the industry. To the impact, there's different conventions that you go to that they have in the industry, the musicians you have that goes across the country. Yeah, and it's the same people. And, and I mean, it seems like it's, the industry seems big, right? But it's not really big. It's just the same people traveling, going across the fucking country to different states and different cities, doing having conventions, doing the same thing. You know, so you have to do that. You have to spend your money to promote yourself to get people in the industry to know who you are. I was doing that. Okay. I was at, at 702 Those girls will tell you We was out in Miami I was promoting my shit They thought they was going to be The only motherfucker from Las Vegas In Miami promoting And, and representing Las Vegas Until they saw me mm. Yeah 702 Yeah them girls I'm telling you It's all about being able To put yourself out there If, you, if, you, if you're going to take your money And you're just going to take your money To buy rims and, and tennis shoes And clothes and shit Just so you can look good In Las Vegas Then you, you just want to be the, 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 the neighborhood star what about the rest of the fucking world? It's a whole world out there. Yeah. You I see agree. what I'm saying? So you have to promote that. I you have to go out there and push yourself to the rest of the world. I learned that from Chuck D. Remember when I told you how I met Chuck D back in 87? When I, when, when, I, I took the knowledge from that brother I was because I was asking him these questions. 
And he was telling me, he said, man, you got to sell yourself. That was the first thing that nigga said to me. He said, nigga, you got to sell yourself. Mm. You got to get out there and you have to sell yourself. That's the only way people going to know who you are. Yeah. And, just, and, and every, that was 87. Since then, I've been selling myself. Mm. You see what I'm saying? You, you push yourself. Yeah. Nobody's, because you got to look at it like this. Who know you better than you? Who know you better than you? Who know what you're going to do better than you know what the fuck you're going to do? Right? Nobody. So if you know what you're going to do better than anybody, your best investment is in you. So I've always invested in me. My best investment to me has always been in me. And that's any art. I'm telling that to any artist out there. Your best investment is in you. Because if you invest in yourself, eventually that's just going to pay off. Because you believe in you. Because if you're, not, if you're going to take your money and just fuck it off on shoes and clothes and just to look good, then that's telling me you don't really believe in the talent that you got. You just want to look good and make people think you somebody that you're not. But if you are who you say you are, okay, we'll put your money behind your shit and let's make that happen. Don't be scared to put your money behind your own self. Why would you want somebody else? Okay, if say you can't say I'm a man now and you come to me and you say, hey, man, I'm this, I'm that, I got this. Can you put this behind me, man, and do that? Okay, well, why won't you do that to yourself? If you know you all this and all that, why won't you put that money behind your motherfucking self? Why won't you, if you know this is what you are, why won't you do that? Is all I'm saying. Me, I knew what I was capable of. That's why I was telling, that's why I, at the wars, I said, hey, hey, you guys got to start promoting yourselves. You got to start pushing yourself because that's the only way people are going to know who the fuck you are. And that's the only way they're going to get behind you. Because if you promote yourself and you spend your money on you, then they know you're serious about what you're trying to do. You ain't just trying to spend their money. Right. They know you're actually serious about what you're trying to fucking do. And everybody that came to me, I never had to pay to do a show. They done fucked the game up today. This is this the funny part to me about the whole game. It done got twisted. Nigga, niggas is paying to do shows for them to perform. I ain't never paid a nigga for me to go out and perform. They paid me to perform. I ain't never paid nobody for me to go out there and perform. What kind of bullshit is that? Why would I give a nigga my money so I can go perform? Huh? If I'm not promoting if I'm promoting the show, that's when I do that. That's yeah. the only time I'm doing that. If I'm the promoter, yeah, okay. I'm gonna let me get this motherfucker my money so I can pay for this room, get this advertising paid for, get everything going. Boom. I can go out here and put this show on and then I can collect my money at the door. That's the only way I'm paying a promoter, and that's myself. But I'm not gonna if you the promoter, I'm not gonna give you my money so I can go perform for you. And, I, I, and your show. What the fuck kind of bullshit is that? They they got the game all twisted. Niggas wanna be known so bad, they wanna be famous so bad that they paying other niggas for them to perform when it's supposed to be the other way around. The other niggas that's headlining ain't paying. <laughs> that's a fact. Huh, is Lil Wayne ain't paying anybody for him to pay? Hell no. Yeah. Huh? Is Drake paying anybody for him to pay? Hell no. Is Young Thug <laughs> paying anybody? Hell motherfucking no. They paying them. They getting paid to perform. So why would you go out and pay another nigga for you to perform? Why would you do that? Why would you give a nigga your hard-earned money for you to go out and perform? And you already know what you're capable of. If that's what you're going to do, nigga, go, put, go promote yourself and put on your own Absolutely. show so you can collect that money. You go up against them, nigga, because that's what I did. See, that's what I did. And that's why I never had the problem with the promoters. The promoters came with me. When I told you I opened up for NWA, and I opened up for Beyonce. See? And y'all probably didn't know that either. I don't know how old you was, but well, how old was you in 98? What was you doing? I, opened up, I, was 10. I see you was 10 years old I was on the strip opening up for uh, Destiny's Child at, at, at the country club 
And the song I was doing, all you can see in my dust was the hit. 1998. That's when the song came out. <laughs> see what I'm saying? But guess who money was that to promote this song? Yo. My money. So it's not the, a major label. Not none. That was my label. Isn't that, did that the that. same premise where you saying if a, if a person believes in themselves, they should put their money behind themselves? If, if somebody comes to you and say, "I have a platform for you to be seen," if you believe in yourself, wouldn't you? Isn't that, that's not the same. That's premise? That's not the same premise. No. How not? Well, here's here's how not. Because why would you pay another motherfucker for you to go out and perform and they're going to make the money? You ain't going to get no money. You're paying them to perform. But you, you get the, you get their But platform. you ain't getting no money. You get the platform. But though. you ain't getting no money. Yeah, but you, you're investing. You're investing. <laughs> no, you ain't getting no money. You, it's, it's, is it any different? What than? platform are you getting, actually? Let me explain that to me. When you say you get the platform, what platform are you actually getting? Just so you can say you stood on stage with such and such and so and so. You get, you, that ain't I, no platform. You're, you're, All that is is saying I stood on the same stage as that nigga. That that ain't no platform because here's here's your platform, nigga. When you do that, okay. Well, fuck it. If you gonna spend that money, let me throw my own show. Then that's a platform yourself. At the same time, they showing they doing that shit. You taking money out of their pocket. That's what I did. A motherfucker, okay, you, you don't want me on the show? You don't, don't come to my town talking about you're a promoter and you finna do a show and I ain't on that motherfucker and you know I'm a rapper in this motherfucker too. So you ain't gonna, I ain't gonna be on the show? Okay, nigga, fine. Throw your show. But guess what's gonna happen? Stacey G gonna have a show on the same day. And let's see who <laughs> win. Because this is my town, baby. Let's see who win. I won every time. And guess what happened? The promoter started calling Stacey G. Hey, man, we want you to open up this show. Can you open up this show? Hey man, we want you to do this show for. We got the show. We bring in such a show. Can you open up this show? Yeah, nigga, I got you. Come on, how much we talking? <laughs> you know, it it works, baby. It definitely works. But you can't be scared. See, this Vegas, right? What they always say about Vegas: scared money don't win. Nigga, put your money up. If you gonna gamble, it's a gamble. Put it up there and let's get this money. Don't be scared. You can't be scared. I hear you. Telling you now, I, I did it every time. Anybody that wanted, any promoter out there, and they will tell you these promoters out here, they came to me. They came to me because they knew. Nigga, okay, you ain't going to fuck with me. Fuck y'all. Nigga, I don't need you motherfuckers, nigga. Guess what? Because what's what I'm going to do? You think you're going to have an after party after this show? No, 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 no. I'm going to have this after party, and you ain't going to get that money. I'm going to get your money. I'm going to get your after party money. Because you forgot who the hottest DJ is in Las Vegas, didn't you? You forgot who the hottest rapper is, too? Nigga, I got this. Don't worry about it. You ain't got to put me on the show. I'm going to take your show. Mm. So that changed the whole game. That changed the whole game. You're going you to come to me one way or the other. This is my town. You're coming to me. You come see me. If you don't come see me, I'm going to make sure the next time you do a show, you're going to come see me before it happened. You see what I'm saying? And all these, they'll tell you. Nigga, promoters will tell you about me. I talked about every motherfucking DJ and all in one song on one show. On KCP back in the 80s. From Hurt Em Bad to all the hottest DJs that was out here hot, they was all going up. They was throwing parties. Nigga, this is what they did to try to get at me. They all ganged up on me. Okay? Smooth C will tell you this because he was in my crew at this time. All of them Hurt Em Bad, DJ Frankie, DJ Rob, Hypo Scott, DJ Rory, all them cats, they were the hottest DJs other than myself. So they would all do parties together at a hotel. To go up against me. Mm. And they still lose. Mm. And they still lost. Yes, and they had to they had to turn around and say, you know what, fuck it. We can't beat them, let's join them. At the end of the day, mm. they started doing parties with me instead of against me. See, it's, it's ways to do things. 
If you know what you're capable of, you do that. And you can't be scared. You do that. So I know what I'm capable of doing back then. I knew what it, what it was. It's like, nigga, you niggas can't fuck with me. I don't give a fuck what y'all do. You can do it. You can try it. But I'm here. I'm here to stay. It's my town, baby. You niggas moved here. I'm from here. So let's see what's going to happen. Yeah, you can move back to where you came from as far as I give a fuck. Because this is my town. It's Vegas, baby. Yeah, born and raised. Plain and simple. And like I, that's why the song, when I put those lyrics in that song, where I go, they go, nigga, this the they go. Where I go, they go. That's, that's, that's where those lyrics came from. Because everywhere I went, they follow. All the motherfuckers in Las Vegas was following me everywhere I went. So that's where those lyrics actually came from. Nigga, this the they go. Where I go, they go. And you didn't hear me say no motherfucking San Diego. Playing in motherfuckers. Mm. That's where those lyrics came from. And I'm not dissing San Diego because I love San Diego. When I say that. San Diego was the first place I ever performed outside of Las Vegas. Mm. Very first in 1988. For, and they showed me nothing but love. Nothing but love in San Diego. I was like, and they didn't know who I was from Timbuktu. But they showed me love. And I, I will, I'm always love San Diego for that. They showed yeah, me nothing yeah. but love. It's some good and vagina in San Diego. The second show I did was Wichita, Kansas. I, I performed outside of Las Vegas in the 80s, but San Diego was the first. Wichita, Kansas was the second. And they, they showed me nothing but love, too. Check nothing out. but love. Nigga, I've been representing Las Vegas for a long time when it comes to this hip-hop. I'm going to tell you right now. Long, long, long time. And these guys around here north from the LCs, your love captains, to anybody else you can name from the early days. They know that I've been representing this. Love Captain LC. They used to come to me and tell me, hey, man, won't you listen to this mix and tell me what you think? <laughs> you see what That's how I was. That's how I was on the turntable. Everybody respected my game on the tables and the, and the mic so tough that they would come to me and ask me what I thought about their mixes. You know? And it was cool. I like, dude, that, that's tough. That's good. You're you, you getting it down. You, 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 you're doing real good. You know, boom. Just keep doing what you're doing. Yeah. So, and all of them, I started spinning. All little DJs every night. LC became a DJ. Such such so and so became a DJ. Everybody started being DJs. Yeah. You know? And that's the way it came about, man. Because me, I was always into helping. I wasn't into trying to break nobody up or trying to down another motherfucking nigga. Because to me, fun is it's, it's more fun in a team. Absolutely. I've always had more fun rapping with other people. Okay. Always. Yeah. By myself, it's fun. I don't get me wrong. I love it because I love to rap. But it's always much more fun when you when you're in a crew, because collaboration is a motherfucking the shit that you can come up with. Back. Yeah. The shit you can come up with when you collaborate, man, is it's just outstanding and the fun that you can have while you're doing it. You know that to me is special. You know, so to me, a group is always better than a single artist. Okay. Because it's more fun, and that's the reason I say that because it's more fun. Okay. And I like to have fun when I'm in the studio. Absolutely. I'm creating this. If you're not having fun, then you're in trouble because it's not going to come out like you want it to come out if you ain't having fun. You I know? Agree. That's that's And that's just me. I don't know how you guys do it or, or, or how it is when, when you're creating. But if you're not having fun doing it to me, it's not worth, it's not worth my time. I got to get I gotta get out of there. Let me go. I got to go do something else because I'm not having fun. Yeah. You know? And that's when I'm going to stop doing the hip-hop. When I stop having fun. Once this, once this shit stop being fun to me, I won't do it no more. Okay. Tell you that right now. But it's fun to me and I'm still loving it from from day one. And I'm going to keep doing it until I can't do it no more. Unless God take me. Whatever it is, whatever comes first, I'm going to keep doing it because I love it. 
whether other people like what I'm doing or not. I love it. So as long as I'm loving it and having fun doing it, I'm going to keep doing it. And I got a new product coming out. Hashtag Las Vegas Nights. Coming out real soon. Talk to us, man. Uh, before we get about here, please tell the people what Stacy G has going on right now. Like I just said, I got hashtag Las Vegas coming out. Hashtag Las Vegas Nights coming out in a couple of uh, couple of months. Should be out uh, towards the end of May, and uh, we're gonna start shooting videos. The album is already done, but I just started working on uh, Desert Storm Part Two. Mm. Yeah, because that album hashtag Las Vegas Nights is done. It's twenty two songs on that album. 22 new songs, but I'm also going to put uh, uh, some of my old songs on there as well because a lot of people haven't heard a lot of those songs. So I'll put some of those on there as well. So it's going to probably be about 50 songs on hashtag Las Vegas Nights. Mm. Yeah. So 22 new songs and some of my old stuff. Okay. And then Desert Storm is going to be all new stuff. But on that one, I'm trying to get more Las Vegas artists on there. I want to get any, any Las Vegas artists that want to get down with me. I want them on there because I'm doing all you can see is my dust part two, mm. and I want to get those guys on there. And I'll just do the hook. If you want some youngsters, man, I got. I got. I, got I want to get that anybody that wants in. to be on. I got my my man uh, Skinny. That he he's not here with us today, but he's tapped in with all the youngsters. Okay. When it well, comes to the, uh, if they want to be on, anybody that wants to be on. I'm, I'm telling anybody, like I say, I'm willing to work with anybody from Vegas because that's what I'm about. I'm, yeah, I'm, it's I'll the Vegas thing. So anybody that wants to get on this album, you see this video. If you want to get on Desert Storm, I mean, all you can see is my Dust Part 2, which is on Desert Storm Part 2. Then uh, 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 hit me up. You can get these guys here at Code 7. You can hit me up. Get at me on, on, on IG, Stacy underscore G Vegas. That's Stacy underscore G Vegas on IG. Or you can hit me up on Facebook. Stacy G Vegas, no underscore on that one. Just Facebook is just Stacy G Vegas. G Vegas is one word. All right, so that's how we do that. But anybody want to get on 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 Desert Storm? I mean, uh, Desert Storm Part Two. All you can see is my Dust Part Two. Just do that. Just hit me up and let me know. I'll get a hold of somebody in here. You can get a hold of Ivan. What's your name again? Dante. Dante. Call me Spence. Dante yeah. Spence. Any one of those cats, they'll know how to get a hold of me, and and, and, and we're good to go. You, we could definitely do this because I'm willing to work with anybody. I want to work with my, my Las Vegas because I used to work with artists back in the day, mm-hmm. and we, we, you know, we used to do things, and then it became to the point to where artists started hating on each other out here. When I did that, I don't like. I, I hate when the artists because there's no reason to hate on nobody. Yeah. What the fuck are you? You doing the same shit? I go to other places, and that's what, I, and that's why I be trying to tell these artists right here. I go to other states and other cities. When I go, when I was fucking with Dre and them, they was dealing with different niggas from different neighborhoods. Nobody was hating on each other. They might have been from different sets or whatever, but they was making money together. Yeah. That's what these niggas out here need to understand. You need to make money together. We need to do this together. I don't give a damn what neighborhood you're from. We all from Las Vegas. Absolutely. It's the Vegas thing. And when they ask me, well, what you represent, nigga? I represent Las Vegas. Vegas is my neighborhood. Absolutely. That's my neighborhood. So when when you hear when a when, when a motherfucker say Stacy G from another state, they go first thing they gonna say is oh, from Vegas. Because that's what they know me about, Stacey G from Vegas. Because that's what I represent. Absolutely. Anything I've ever done, and if you've and seen any of my promotions, I've always added Vegas right there. So that when they when they hear Stacey G, they know, oh, that's that nigga from Las Vegas. That's we, that Vegas nigga. We appreciate you for holding down the city, man, for as long as you have, Absolutely. man. Absolutely. You know, you're, you're a major part of the culture here. I appreciate that, bro. Appreciate and I appreciate that. you for sitting down with us, man. This was a... Uh, I love this one, man. This is very highly entertaining, very entertaining oh, and enlightening for me. Look, it's a Vegas thing for me. Anytime I can do anything with Vegas, I'm there. 
because it's all about Vegas for me, and it always have been about Vegas for me. You know what I'm saying? It's not about me. It's about Vegas and, the, and getting people to understand what we have here. Absolutely. Because there was a white boy here that said there was no talent in Vegas mm. back in the day. He had a he had a he blew up. I got I forgot about that white boy. His name was Dino. I don't know if you might know him, but you can you could you could Google him. That name sounds familiar. And he had a song called Summer Girls. You remember that? He had a song called Summer Girls. He blew up. He was on Arsenio Hall and all that shit. He said there was no talent in Las Vegas on Arsenio Hall. Wow. I wanted to whoop his punk ass right then and there when I heard that shit. I was like, I wish I could run into this faggot because I will beat his motherfucking yeah. ass just for even spitting yeah. some shit out of, out of his mouth. White boy going to say ain't no talent in Vegas because he saw he lucked up on some shit. Nigga, you ain't got no talent. That's what the fuck it was. The white boy himself didn't have talent. You just lucked up on an electronic song that motherfuckers happen to like. That's all that was. After that, he ain't had no more hits. He had a song called 24-7, but that wasn't shit. So, and he can, you can tell him I said it too, because I whoop his punk ass well. <laughs> I don't give a fuck about none of them motherfuckers that be talking down about the Vago. Yeah, you know absolutely. what I'm saying? It's the Vago, baby. Don't be talking down about my city. Fuck y'all. Because I always say, nigga, if you don't like what you, I hear niggas come out here all the time, nigga, I don't like that nigga. Go back for the fuck you came from. What the fuck you down here for? Right. You know? You don't like it here, nigga, get the fuck on. That's it. I got a song called that right now. I don't know on this new album called Only Happens Here. Right here, I got a song called Only Happens Here right now. And it's talking about that kind of shit right there. My niggas that don't, that talk about that shit when they come to Las Vegas. How they don't like a nigga. What the fuck is you here for? Yeah. Don't punk ass up out of my motherfucking city. You don't like it here. Then you just going to talk shit about my shit, but you still here. What the fuck you hanging around for? Nigga, ain't, we ain't asked you to bring your punk ass down here. Fact. You know? Yeah, so get your bitch ass on and yeah. then go do what you're going to do. Boom, boom, boom. Ain't nobody asked you to come to Las Vegas. Nigga, you brought your punk ass down here. Like, we we didn't invite you. You came down here and then you're going to talk about our shit. Nigga, fuck you. Nigga, fuck you. Right. That's it. So that, and that's how I always felt about it. You know, always. So everybody that know me from anywhere, they know how I feel about Las Vegas. I represent this motherfucker to the fullest and always Absolutely. will. Until I can't breathe no more, I'm going to represent the Vago, baby. And plain and simple. And I want the rest of these youngsters to do the same thing. Represent this motherfucker. Don't let nobody talk about your city. Don't let them niggas come down here talking shit about your city and shit like they run this motherfucker. Like they special because they come from somewhere. Nigga, ain't nothing, you ain't doing nothing special that we ain't done before. You niggas got to spend hundreds of thousands of dollars to kick it, nigga. I was broke and was kicking it like I was rich on the strip. Mm. You understand me? You niggas come out here and got to spend hundreds of thousands to do that. I can go to a five-star five hotel right now and just kick it. With $2. But it's going to take you niggas a couple hundred thousand to kick it that way. Mm. You oh, see what I'm saying? That's the difference. That's been, that's been the difference for me all the time. Oh, I, done hung out with, <laughs> I done hung out with platinum artists, baby. Triple platinum artists, millionaires. Didn't have a dime in my pocket. Not one dime. But they didn't know that. Mm. They was kicking it with me like I was a millionaire. You see what I'm saying? And that's the difference. That's the total difference. They didn't ask me what I had in my pocket. I didn't kick it with the Denzel Washington, the Dr. Dre's, the Easy E's. You name a lot of motherfuckers, nigga, I didn't kick it with them. Didn't have $1 in my pocket. $1. I made sure I didn't have no money because I kept it at home. Because I knew I didn't have to have no money when I'm going to go out here in my town. What do I need some money for? Everybody already know who I am. The fuck I need some money for? Let's go kick mm. it, y'all. What y'all want to do? Let's go do this. Let's go do that. Okay, come on. Let's go. We're going to go to this club. Oh, don't worry about it. They're going to they gonna let you in because you're with me. Plain and simple. Like I say, all the Easy E's and all those guys, they was easy. He was, like I said, he was here every other week in Las Vegas. When you guys were 10 and 
All that shit. Easy was here all the time. You know what I'm saying? And he was a real down to earth. You would have never known he was a millionaire had you saw it in the tabloids or something. Because that's the kind of he dressed like you, just like me. Just no yeah. jewelry, no nothing. Jeans, T-shirt. That's why Easy was 501s T-shirt. He ain't have on no jewelry, none of that shit. Just a straight up, but he had money. Me now, but he ain't never act like he was that kind of nigga. He was just a straight up down to earth motherfucker, mm. you know. Easy. And it's not that many guys like that. It's not me. Easy. I would say Easy E to me out of all the people that I've met that were millionaires and shit like that. Easy E would have to be one of the coolest motherfuckers you would ever want to meet. He would. He he he. He's not the kind of guy that'll try to make you feel like you're beneath him or below him. He was one of the coolest motherfuckers you would ever want to meet. I'm gonna tell you right now, easy is. Doctor Dre is the same way. Same cool as a motherfucker. He ain't he ain't trying to belittle you or none of that shit. He just do his, do your music. If he liking what you're doing, nigga. Oh, nigga, I wanna come on. Let's do this. Let's do. Let's, let's go to the studio. Let's do some work. And there's only certain people that do that. I never hung with Cube, so I can't say that about. Cause I don't know how Cube is. I never. I met Cube, but when I was going to the studio, Cube was basically sleep. When I would come out there, he would be out there because everybody was waiting on Dre. Dre was the only producer at that point. So everybody was waiting on Dre to produce their shit. You know? So, yeah. All the guys I met, Public Enemy, Chuck D, all, all them guys, Russell Simmons. Russell Simmons did my TV show, uh, Las Vegas Boulevard. Didn't charge me nothing. Then he's like, I just went up to ask the brother. I said, hey, man, I got show Las Vegas, man, Las Vegas Boulevard, blase, blase. Then explained to him the situation. He said, oh, yeah, man, come on. What I'm going to do for you is I'm going to set you up over here in the FUBU booth, and we can do it, and you can get the, 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 the booth. You can get an interview <laughs> with the FUBU guys as well. I was like, really? He said, yeah, man, come on, man, because, you know, you you Vegas, man. This, I was like, oh, Russell Simmons was cool as a motherfucker. Me and there. Yeah. Run Def Jam Records. Boom. He doing my show, my TV show, Las Vegas Boulevard. You see what I'm saying? No charge, no nothing. Snoop Dogg did my show. Got a lot of guys doing did, did my uh, Las Vegas booth because I had Mike P and Smooth C hosting that show for me. Mm. I wasn't in the. I was the background. I was just the, the money man. But they were hosting the show. I was paying them to host the show. You see what I'm saying? So I was getting all the interviews though. I was I because they didn't know how to go get the interviews. I would go get out and get all the guys that we would interview. So I got uh, what's the thong boy name? Thong, 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 thong. Uh, what's that nigga <laughs> name? Y'all, Cisco. Oh <laughs> I got all the. This was all during the magic show convention, you know. So yeah. I would, all those guys would be here. So I would go out there and holler at them because I had, I had, uh, I had uh, free access to the magic show for years because I got that through the Source magazine. My boy Dave Mays, white boy that owned the Source magazine, mm. he hooked me up on the on the guest list. He said, "Man, every year you come and you just come on in. You don't even need to be with me. You just come on in and come on." I was like, "Okay, cool." So every year they would have me on the list. So that's how I would go in, and I would get a chance to uh, uh, to talk to all the different artists and shit that was coming down representing their their uh, product. So I would get interviews with a lot of those guys, a lot of designers, Carl Canine. I always get, I would get interviews with these guys, you know. And that's just about being in the loop. You know, you put yourself out there, you've been a loop, but you promote yourself. I got the radio station, when I was telling you about V108, I got them in that magic show. They couldn't get in, and they're a radio station. Mm. But they got in with me. So I, w- I was able to get them in places they couldn't in- get into, the radio station. Concerts, they couldn't get into. Yeah, I got them in. And that's because people knew who, who I was, the promoters. It was a uh, what was the concert? Well, I think it was Jay Z, uh, Ja Rule, something at the Thomas and Mac. It was Jay Z, Ja Rule, something. It was the Thomas and Mac, and uh, the station couldn't get in. 
but I knew the promoters because the same promoters took me on the two sh- on the on the on the, uh, on the Snoop tour, Snoop Dogg oh, okay. and Mystical and East Side. I was on that tour with them. Oh, okay, okay. So I knew the promoters, and they said, "Oh man, Stacey, come on!" So they gave me back and say, "So they gave me the mic and let me get on the mic." So I started yeah. pumping up the radio station in the arena at the Thomas and Mac on the mic. And then, then they heard about it. They was like, okay, well, man, how did you do that? I said, well, man, that's what I do. Yeah. This, this is the shit I do. I promote Las Vegas. So, and when you're around and you know everybody and everybody knows you and you treat everybody well, they're going to treat you well. Absolutely. Okay. Plain and simple. If you treat a motherfucker well, they're going to treat you well. They're going to respect you the same way. You know? And that's what I did. I didn't, I didn't never try to bully nobody. I ain't never try to get over on nobody. I ain't never treated no, cheated nobody out of nothing. When I promoted the event, if I lost money, you still got paid. That's the whole point because I made sure everybody was paid before the event started. See, and that's the, that's the way I always kept a good name because I don't want to hire you and you have to wait for me to collect money to get paid. No, you're going to be paid right now because I need my event to go well. I don't need you thinking about nothing but your, what you're supposed to be doing. Yeah. I don't want you thinking about, damn, is this nigga going to pay me? No, I don't do business that way. You're already paid. Just do what you do, what you was paid to do. Bam, bam, bam. We're gonna get, we're gonna keep it moving. If I lose money, then I lose money. You don't. Right. You know. But fortunately, God, good, God, good. I didn't, I didn't, I didn't lose money. Yeah. Every, I made money every time. And that's the key, because when you do good business, people are gonna always want to do business with you. Right. Whether you lose money or make money, they know that you're not going to take it out on them. they just going to know, okay, well, that brother's always good for his, his word is what it is. So let's go to work. Let's go, let's go do what we have to do. You know, and that's what it is. Me promoting me, I learned that a lot of way, uh, the hard way, dealing with other people. Because a lot of the promoters around here, they did it the opposite. They would wait till they collect money at the door. And if the door didn't make what they thought, they would not pay certain people. I'm like, well, that's not business. That's not good business. Right. Because they didn't come in this motherfucker saying that they were, you didn't tell them they weren't going to get paid if you didn't make money, did you? No, you didn't tell them that at the beginning. You told them that you needed them to, to do a certain job and you was going to pay them this much money. So you should have paid them. You know? And then I dealt with certain people that tried to get me to do that. You know, I would go in half with a certain promoter saying, okay, let's do this. And then they would say, oh, man, we didn't make that much money, so let's not pay him. Like, no, brother, that's not how I do business. I don't give a fuck. If we don't make money, we, t- we hired him to do a certain thing, and, he's, and we told him he was going to pay it, so we're going to pay him that. That's what he's going to get paid. If you, can't, if you don't want to pay him, I will pay him, but me and you will never do business again, mm. plain and simple. Yeah. Because that's not how I work. If you, if you hire a man to do a job, you're supposed to pay that man Absolutely. for that job. Absolutely. That's where I've always been. Okay. So I've never had any problems with anybody, and ain't nobody going to tell you, hey, man, Stacey, you ain't never paid me. No. Anybody that I hired, they was always paid. Anybody, because of the fact I know what it takes for people. Time is money, so if you take, if I'm taking time out of your life, I know you want to get paid for your time. Yeah, absolutely. You got family, you got whatever you got to do. You got to, everybody has to eat, so why can't everybody? Why why does one person have to eat and everybody else can't? Yeah. And that's what I want these artists around here to know. Everybody should be able to eat, and they should stick together. If these artists don't stick together, these younger generation, it's gonna stay the same. Mm. Nobody's gonna blow up. Because they won't get behind an artist and help push them. You have to push. People got behind me, man. That's what I'm saying. It wasn't just me. It may seem like it was just me, but it wasn't just me. People, the town got behind me. They pushed me and made me do what I was doing. Because they believed in what I was doing. It wasn't just me. They actually believed. So they followed me. And that gave me 
the encouragement to say, okay, if I know if they believe in me like I believe in me, I can make this shit happen. Okay. And there you and there you go. All right. Um, before we get up out of here, yes, sir. Ivan, give me a give me a socials. Give me a socials before we get up out of here. Uh, you can catch me on Twitter and IG, Young Al Bundy, Y U N G underscore Al underscore Bundy. All right, you can find me on Twitter at Just Call Me Spence. That's J U S Call Me Spence. This is Views from the Seven. Now, before we get up out of here. You've been touching up on your skills. Which skills is that? Your rap skills. Um, not really. I've never been touching up on them because I never lost them. Mm. Ooh. So mm. you don't you don't lose, but you ain't if you don't lose, you ain't got touch. Huh? You, mm. you can't 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 Can touch them. Like you don't lose. You know what I'm saying? Can but I don't freestyle is what I don't do. I stop freestyling when they stop paying. Okay. Okay. But um, I got some tracks that you can't hear. That's gonna be on a new album, but you won't be able to hear it while we're recording. Absolutely. But I, I can't let you hear a couple of tracks before uh, before I leave. I, okay. can, I can definitely do that. Uh-huh. Then you can tell the people what you heard. Uh, if you like it, if you don't like it, have you you know All whatever right. it is. I always be honest. I don't because my thing is if you don't like it, you don't like it. I I already I already know. See, and I want I want to tell you young artists out there today before I, before I, before I shut this mic down is everybody's not gonna like everything you do. That's a fact. Understand that. As long as you know that, then you ain't gonna ever have no problem with taking criticism, because I've known I've been knowing this ever since I've been in the business. Everybody is never gonna like everything you do, as long as the majority like it. It's all that matter. But everybody's not gonna like everything. So, as long as I know that, I know it might be something I make you ain't gonna like. I might it might be something I make you not gonna like. But it might be something I make both of y'all gonna like. And that's all that matter. Yep. To me. I know you ain't gonna like every fucking thing. Right. You know what I'm saying? I like it. I'm gonna tell you right now, on my shit, I, every time I make an album, the songs that I like, everybody else don't like. Mm. They like the shit that I don't like the most. I like everything I do, but the shit I don't like the most, they like. Yeah. So and that and that's just the way it is. So yeah, man. With me, I'm I'm just I'm just here to uh to uh do what I love doing and, and hope that uh, uh, everybody else will love what I'm doing because I'm having fun doing it as, at the same time. If not, then that's fine too because I know somebody's going to... You can't make a song that nobody's not going to like. I've learned that in all my years in the business too. I don't give a fuck what, how sorry, sorry the song is to the majority. Somebody's going to like that song. You know what I'm saying? So That's the way it is. And I got fans all over the world. So having that is a blessing for me. I being able to being able to have that uh, 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 all you can see is my dust platform helped me go all across the world. I've sold CDs, one CD, fourteen hundred dollars on the internet. Wow. One secret indictment CD. I've been selling them for a hundred dollars a piece. One CD, and because it's a classic. See, and that, was, and that shocked the fuck out of me because I didn't believe that was true until I Googled myself. That's the, that was the only way I found out. I Googled myself, and it come to find out motherfuckers overseas was paying hundreds of dollars for one CD. I couldn't believe that shit. I was like, what the fuck? Really? <laughs> so I, I, I put the shit up on the internet and on eBay, and shit, before you know it, everybody, every time I turned around, I was selling CD, $100 a CD. Boom, boom, boom. It was just going, boom. Then I had to repress. I couldn't sell them hundred dollars no more, because those were the originals I was selling for a hundred. Yeah. So they were classics. 
the original, the, the when I repressed, I had to sell them to figure back to the regular price to ten bucks. So I back to, to ten bucks on my website, and that's iarlv.com. Go to iarlv.com. You can download some of my shit right now. Actually, you can download some of the new songs that's on this new album, hashtag Las Vegas Night. Some of those songs are on there. You can download right now. Mm. Yep, I put a, I put some of those songs on there. So uh, not all of them, but just about I think about four or five of them I, I put on there that you can download that's on that album. But uh, that's iarlv.com. You can get you can I'm on my Twitter is 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 uh, lost is lost underscore Vegas underscore pimp. Lost underscore Vegas underscore pimp. Lost underscore Vegas underscore pimp. That's my Twitter. All right. IG Stacy underscore G Vegas. IG Stacy underscore G Vegas. Uh, Facebook Stacy G Vegas. Stacy G Vegas. Remember, G Vegas is one word. G Vegas. One word. All right. Because I'm all about Vegas, baby. So it's, it's a Vegas thing. Absolutely. So I hope all of you guys out there that that's that, that seeing this shit. Uh, you young artists up and coming, doing your thing. Hey, remember, don't be scared to put money behind your motherfucking self on the for real side. Because that right there, you putting the money behind yourself, that's what's going to make you you. That's what's going to separate you from everybody else because everybody else waiting for everybody else to put money behind them. Don't be waiting for no motherfucker to promote you. Promote your goddamn self. Plain and simple. And for you motherfuckers that brought Labusi down here, and got a little ripped off about your money. Hey, I, I you got I, they came to me and told me about it. But listen, you can't be mad at you can't be mad at Lil Boosie. Don't get mad at Lil Boosie for doing something because y'all didn't have a contract with that brother. You gotta you can't be doing this shit without no contract because he's not obligated to do anything as far as promoting anything if it's not stipulated in a contract. Y'all had a verbal agreement, and the man got his money, <laughs> did the video, and left. He 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 had to promote shit because you didn't have it in writing. Now, you could take him to court and all that shit, but listen, bro, you ain't going to win because none of that shit was in writing. You got to have whatever you do when you do stuff with other people, you had that shit in writing. When I did my shit with Sugar Free, we had that shit in writing. You got to have it in writing. You can't just be doing shit, you know. Learn your business. Like I said, the business aspect of, the, of, of this artist shit is real important. James Brown said it best, baby. It's the music fucking business. So you got to know the business as well as the music. Mm. Plain, plain and simple. We up out of here. Peace. Yes, sir. Hey, love you guys, brothers. Appreciate Thank you. you. Appreciate Thank you. Man. Appreciate, Appreciate you. y'all for having you. me, man.